The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Monday, September the 11th, 2023. I am Atrial Pearl. It's Fightful Overbooked. And oh, Canada, it's time to get in the weeds. And the weeds are legal here, so everything's okay. And I've got Jeremy Lambert here, so we know everything's fine. Uh, hello, Jeremy. It's Monday, a weekend where we mostly stayed away from the wrestling, I'd like to think, right? No, never. I mean... In fact, Victory Road was on Friday. It there was, was yeah, you know, no other you know, collision happened. Impact 1000 taped. Uh, there's always news, Joel Pearl. Always something to do in the world of, of, of wrestling. And yeah, we're Canada heavy today for, for some reason. Don't, don't understand it. Uh, yeah, Canada, everybody. Canada. Is that all you got there? That's that's all I got. I do want to say, yeah, let's let's focus on America, the the true country in the world. Uh, it is it is nine eleven. It is a tough day for a lot of people, and uh, I hope everybody is is doing well today. I hope uh, everyone takes the time that they need to to remember, reflect. Um, just grieve whatever whatever you need to do however you you handle things um based on the events of was it 20 22 I'm, years ago yeah 22 years ago i'm terrible with time um so yeah based on the events of uh 22 22 years ago i hope everyone is uh just doing well and again taking taking the time they need to take yeah 22 years ago i was in the ninth grade i was going to homeroom and of course everything was normal until it wasn't and i'll just i'll never forget my homeroom teacher kind of, and again, we're, we're in Ottawa, Canada. We are not in the U S we're not, you know, close to, but we are, we're, we're in it. We get it. And uh, he, the, the homeroom teacher just kind of says, this will be in the history books. There's no way around it. And absolutely right. He was, it's uh, it's absolutely, it's crazy to think about. I was like many glued to the TV over the days that, uh, that would follow and, and the way that news was consumed, the way the world was interacted with changed entirely in the span of a morning. So this is, um, yeah, this is a very heavy day for many people. We do wish them well. We, we hope that uh, those who have the time to reflect and, and the need and the feelings to do so. And uh, yeah, we would just send our, send our love. I don't remember what grade I was in. Cause again, terrible with time. Um, but I remember I was in like science class and it was, it was being talked about. And then we went to like lunch and everything, talk amongst my friends about it. And we put it on like the TV, we had TVs in the classroom back then. And uh, I don't know if I quite understood the gravity of it. Cause I was just young, didn't, didn't understand quite what was happening and, and going on with, with all of this stuff. And then I got home 
and any television station that you wanted to turn it on the the wife is uh letting me know i was in the eighth grade um oh any television station that you wanted to turn it on it was covering this and like that really it sunk in of like oh how big this was because you know i turn on mtv when i got home and i'm looking forward to watching trl and everything and all of a sudden we have ja rule giving his opinion on things that is a dave Chappelle joke everybody um you know jaws on tv giving his thoughts on all of us like no matter what station you turned it to this was being covered i remember i called my mom and i was like can i rent a movie because i don't want to just keep watching the coverage of this i'm not a a news person i don't like watching the news it's all even on like a normal day it's all typically bad stuff you know hilarious that i I write about news for a living um but like i i don't watch the news and so this was on every station i was like can i just rent a movie and she's like yes i watch sugar and spice for anybody who knows this movie uh it is about cheerleaders who rob a bank um who's in this film there's some recognizable names in in the sugar and spice uh film let's see here I got to look this up. Sugar and Oh yes. Sugar and Spice. Uh Marla Sokolov, uh Marley Shelton, Mina Savari, oh, Mina Savari. is in it. Yes, uh James Marsden is in this as well. Rachel Blanchard. Uh there there's some, you know, recognizable names from the early 2000s and stuff that I'm sure if you see their faces and everything you're like, "Oh yeah, yeah, I know who this person is." Um so I watched Sugar and Spice because I needed to escape the the coverage that was that was going on so i'll never forget that like just never never forget that i I, that was what i did the day of as i went home and watched sugar and spice we were watching cnn and they were perched up on the top of the the offices in new york and it was just like that that was the moment for cnn that was like the news cycle that put them on the trajectory that news is on now for better or worse tell you that much but uh yeah this is uh this is definitely it's a day of reflection and we're we're doing a little bit of it of our own um there's no there's no other way to transition but i'm going to because like jeremy and and i had alluded to it's a very canada heavy show today and uh that's kind of just by accident because of some scheduling and whatnot uh at 10 30 a.m so in about uh, 20 minutes time we're gonna have superstar shane hawk join us now shane has been with us before on the show and anytime shane hawk shows up and talks people typically get a few uh a few feelings about it. A few articles get written about it, but he's also going to talk about IWS. Their next show on Fight TV is going to be Saturday, September 16th. It's called Know Your Enemies. We're going to talk a little bit about that. And then at 11 a.m., very excited for this one, C4 wrestling owner Mark Polisell joins us. Now, Mark does give interviews once in a while, uh, but he and I have been talking back and forth about doing this for a bit. The upcoming uh, C4 season premiere show, Walking the Edge, is on Friday, September 15th. We're going to talk about that. It's going to air usually about a week later on IWTV, but uh, we still want to talk to Mark about C4 and just the experience. And honestly, why the hell this promotion out of Ottawa, Ontario, Canada has suddenly become one of the hottest independents in the world it's absolutely bonkers to me especially as a kid who grew up in ottawa without 
any knowledge of independent wrestling until I left the city and discovered what C4 brings to the table. So we're excited to talk to those two, 1030 and 11 o'clock respectively. Jeremy, it's going to be a fun morning, I think. Shane was fantastic last time he was on. That was the infamous, uh, I had to go be a superhero episode. So I had to leave in the middle of that interview. Um, but, but Shane, Shane is great. We'll, we'll talk to him about everything going on and I'm sure he'll give me some nice little quotables. He'll create more work for me, uh, which, you know, I, I always appreciate when, when our, our guests give me, give me something to do. Cause I never do. I don't do enough. I always need something to do. And, uh, yeah, looking forward to talking with, with Mark, as well, unfortunate that that we just have a bunch of Canadians on this show. What are we My doing? God. What are we doing here, ripping on the Canadians? I, it, it's Mexico North. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> Our food is better than yours. We got that going for us in that case. I've never had the the poutine. the The poutine pie is that what? Uh, that's what it's called. Right? I know that there's someone out there that does a poutine pie, but no, it's not actually poutine. Poutine can be served in a pie tray, a pie tin. Yes, but uh, you should try poutine. It's good, which it is hilarious. Looks disgusting. Well, okay. Here's the thing, though. If you think about how, and I, I ripped you on this publicly on the show, the mac and cheese in your neck of the woods being so prevalent and being such a thing. Um, it's kind of similar. It's like, I know a lot of people have had mac and cheese in their life versus poutine, but like the idea that you've got mac and cheese is like the comfort dish. If you like mac and cheese, you'll almost certainly love poutine. I do like mac and cheese. Um, whenever I come to Canada, I, I assume uh, I will be there next year for the Taylor Swift concert. Uh, I That's when I will try this uh, pro poutine protein you can put protein in the poutine that's true okay all right cool yeah. there are different toppings you can put into it it's delicious uh and delicious is also leaving a thumbs up here on the video and subscribing to us here at fifle overbooked get us up to that we're almost at fifteen thousand, so let's get above that fifteen thousand, shall we we Go have on. a big we have a big week everybody a ginormous week here on in the weeds unfortunately uh canada today although i like shane um so i am looking forward to to talking to to him and mark um wednesday i'm not gonna say who our our guest is because I'm afraid it will not work uh it's based on the last couple of weeks as we've tried to put this together so i don't want to jinx anything there friday though joel let's not bury the lead here friday it's my birthday this okay? is news to me when did this come up it's it's my birthday. I'm going to be the year of of fuck Kevin Durant, 35. I think he's like changed his number multiple times, but I can't keep up with that guy anymore. Um, but 35 is the main number he has used. I'm going to be Kevin Durant, years old, and Joel has a big big show planned. He's playing coy right now. I don't know what's going on. I've heard from multiple sources the show you have planned. Joel. I've heard all the pitches. I've heard all the negotiations that have going on. Let me just say, I'm super, super excited. I You're going to deliver on this. Based on everything that I've heard, it's going to be quite possibly our best show ever. Joel has a lot of great guests lined up, a lot of surprises lined up that I don't even know about. I know some things, but I've also just heard just, just things of like, oh, just be ready, Jeremy. Just be 
be ready for this. You are going to cry. I've been told I'm going to cry on this show, Joel. That's how big of a guest and how big of a party you were throwing for me, according to multiple sources. So Friday, we have a great show for everyone. Joel is putting together our best show ever for my birthday. Steve Macklin flipped me off again yesterday. Good. You deserve it. I don't deserve it. We're There's just a real about how- American. Oh, God. I mean, you know what? In certain ways, absolutely. But in other ways, complete coward flipping me off like a jerk. What a jerk. No. We're not going to disparage Steve Macklin, who's been one of the best guests we've ever had on this show. Why <laughs> Solomon just Solomon just nailed it on the head. Five dollars says a CM Punk <laughs> lawsuit against the elite in AEW on Friday. Fine, I'm and that'll not just gonna waste be... your birthday planning away. It won't, because I'm not covering stuff on Friday. I'm doing this show because Joel has promised me a huge show, and. Then I'm going to go to, there's a Bojangles opening in Ohio. And I love me the Bojangles. That's a little ways away, but don't care. Going to go there. Going to pay tribute to Steven Jensen and go to Dave and Buster's. Going to try to win all the SpongeBob cards at Dave and Buster's because they won't let me in a Chuck E. Cheese uh, because I I won't have a kid with me in the middle of the day. Maybe at night we'll take the kids to, to Chuck E. Cheese. I can win more SpongeBob cards. And I'm not going to be here on Friday. What, Joel? Have you considered borrowing a kid for the afternoon? I have. I've tried this. To, to we, I mean, we have multiple kids. We could just school ain't that important, right? You know, just pull them out of school. Just oh, no, take them to Chuck not, e. Cheese. Not one of yours. Just like some neighborhood kid, vagrant, even. Just go drive the highways until you pick one up and they'll well, be then, like, where are you going? And you'll be the like, neighborhood kids might be in school as well. I don't want, you know, our kids being like, why'd you take like a random kid? We're right here. Yeah. But those kids have to learn. Your children should be the ones learning and building to the future. The other and, ones, they don't need to do anything. They just need to come to you to build, to, to be a, a an extra uh, Dave and Buster's missing, missing a day. Won't, won't hurt the kids. They would love to have a day off of school just to go to Chuck E. Cheese. Oh, Louie in the chat's got it. Just book Hornswoggle and make him shave. You think we can do that? Maybe. I, I, I can message him. Him. He's yeah. around Ohio enough. He works with AIW and stuff. Is there is there a Chuck E. Cheese in Oshkosh? Because uh, just take a drive. What, what's Oshkosh? Oshkosh, Oshkosh? No, Oshkosh, Wisconsin. That's where he's from. Oh. Or at least that's where he was born and built from for a long time. Like you clearly know the origin story of Hornswoggle more I than I do. To way too many Swoggle stories back in the day. I don't know why he just he was he, just like you and Drew McIntyre interviews. For some reason, when I was really listening to interviews, he was on all of them, and I can't explain it. A live episode from the Chuck E. Cheese, maybe <gasps> I don't know. I would love to do that. I possibly okay. The issue with that is kids can't be on the camera people's kids on the camera either so we'd have to figure that out we're going to dave and busters just the the wife and i maybe we'll we'll, we should do the live episode from dave and busters what if i came to dave and busters what if i joined no i don't want you i don't want you around why not what's wrong with me joel we're we're only a two-hour show okay Uh, yeah and yeah I'm just that answers your question, Joel. We're only a two hour show. All right. Well, we are only a two hour show. So, uh, 
Super Chats drive this whole thing. Go donate one any any amount of question statement right on the air. We do need to film that for content though. Not not the not the you making fun of me part, the Dave and Buster's damn it part. Anyway. We should talk about wrestling for a minute, Jeremy. At least for one or two. Where do we do we, where do we want to start? Was there anything you want to talk about uh Jake Cargill now or do you want to start about Jake Cargill later? We can start with Jade Cargill now. She's back. Jade Cargill is back and picking up right where she left off to go after Chris Statlander in the AEW TBS Championship. It's a nice little surprise seeing her. Uh, I think some people theorize that it might be Thunder Rosa returning in that spot uh, on Saturday night. Nope. Jade Cargill, who Tony Khan said you know he was hoping to have back soon. This was a week ago. He got her back in less than a week, so... Good on Tony for delivering that. Jade said she was looking to come back. It's a shame she missed all in. I think she could have had a huge superstar entrance for that show. Uh, we'll see. Like the TBS stuff, she deserves a rematch. Certainly, she didn't technically. I mean, she lost it, but like the circumstances were the circumstances. So I would do want to see her and Statlander in a proper match. But then it just becomes okay if she loses that. Where do you go with her? And if she wins that. You're right back as Jade Cargill as the TBS uh, champion. And that's fine. I got no issues with Jade Cargill being the TBS champion, but we got to do something about this open challenge thing, man. We got to do something about it. Like, what? It's the rankings, baby. Ah, uh, man. It's ain't got to do like the rankings, but they're like, it's comical, right? I know a lot of people have said it, but we had two open challenges to start collision. Neither result was in doubt. The Jade return was nice. And then FTR is like, you know what we're going to do? An open challenge. And it's like for young and upcoming teams. And then they give it to Iron Savages, which is fine. We love the the Bronson and the Boulder. Ah, the ass eaters. We love them, baby. Jack Jameson, that's my guy right there. Um, oh, I'm, I'm cool with them getting their shot. I hope violence is forever gets on the show because that's a that's a match a lot of fans have wanted kevin Koo, dominic greeny against ftr that's a that's a match all four of those guys have wanted i'm fine with this but like we gotta stop using open challenges as a crutch to tell whatever story you're gonna tell like it worked with cody when he did it and then it, they they tried it other times with like a Wardlow tried it, but it didn't really catch on because they hot potatoed the title. It worked with Orange and the the international title because he's defending it so much. And then they were just like, we're just going to do it for right. Jade had it for about Jade had it for about a uh, you know a year. The title she had, she might have had the title for over a year. Bad with time. Um, but you know she was doing largely open challenges for for most of that time, like. We, we can't do three on on one show or three in one company. Like You want to go for one title, fine. You want for three of them, you, you got to give me something else. You just got to. I mean, to me, all that says is you booked for, you booked up until the change and then you don't know where to go next because now you're just booking matches for matches sake and saying, oh, this will make my champion look stronger. When, Again, I go back to the matches versus storylines thing. A match should have some sort of story involved, big or small, depending on what you're trying to do. If you're just trying to set up for a week, someone has a, a 
one week tiff with so and so or have had some matches against this person good set it up have that happen but instead doing open challenges and being like emmy sakura loves queen and wasn't on the all-in card so she's angry here's her t and her tbs title shot that doesn't work for me uh and then you've got you know I don't know if you saw the tweet, but uh, someone's like, I have an exclusive list of challengers for John Moxley's uh, all uh, sorry international championship. I'm never going to get the name right. Did you see this list? No. So we had the first challenger was Action Andretti. On Dynamite, it's going to be Big Bill, which means the next challenger will be Colt Cabana. No, and- I did see this, and it was wrong because the first challenger was AR Fox, and AR comes before AC. So That's I fine. the joke being it started, it got to action Andretti, and now it's Big Bill, and mm. then it should be Cole Cabana, and then it's Dirty Dango and Eddie Edwards, and so on and so forth. Then we got to Will Washington, and things just got strange. But the point was, no one took it seriously. No one should be taking this seriously, but it's a joke. And the point of all this is yes. The open challenges across the board don't work. Doesn't matter if you've got men's or women's titles. You should have a challenger in mind, or at least somewhere you're going, and not just starting as we crown a new champion and then the next show we're just doing open challenges until we, you know, start the story going to the next challenger. You got to have something in play. You got to have something in play, or just don't put them on the show or do a promo, do something to set it up. They don't have to immediately have that title put on the line. Give them a non-title match. There's some way to set it up without doing do an eliminator. I don't care what it is. Just don't do what you're doing now with the open challenges. It's very strange to me. I assume the acclaimed will be doing open challenges because they're doing a world tour. Oh, uh, it's not a uh, world tour. That's a, we won the belts elsewhere and now we're back to put them on the line anywhere else in the United States. It's it's a world tour. No. <laughs> After each and every show, couple hoes in the van. Uh, it's a it's a rap lyric. Yeah, no, I was gonna say not for these guys, but it's, I- a, it's an award tour, is what it was called. After I'm on a world tour with, uh, I use the Kanye line. I'm on a world tour with Common my man. After each and every show, he uses a different word than hoes. I I wanted to be uh, more politically correct than than Kanye West. People, people um, in the van, friends in the van. Uh, ho hoes. He uses a. Uh, uh, it's not just, it, just leave it just leave it alone it's it's not it's d it's a d word uh i don't i just don't want to say it uh yeah try he kanye um uh what, what's the juxtaposed or just basically ghost wrote, wrote bit off of trap called quest it is a it is a trap called quest sign uh song uh award tour um i but i always think of the kanye line over over the tribe line which is uh speaks to my um I don't know, knowledge of, of rap, good or bad, uh, that I go with the Kanye line over the tribe line. Tribe line. Anyway, uh, I assume the acclaimed will defend the titles in an open challenge. The House of Black had an open challenge. You know, it was sometimes utilized um, every every now and again. They had rules, at least, to, to give the challengers an advantage in the open challenge. I think the, the issue with the open challenge is they want the uh, they want to just do a lot of t- title defenses right they want to make it just seem like look how many title defenses this person has type of deal and the story they told with orange cassidy is like look he's got like 35 title defenses and then he keeps getting more beaten down more beaten down and finally he's gonna lose the title and everything but he also you know levels himself up as the title gets leveled up as well they just want a lot of title they just want a lot of title defenses it's like because they think that adds credibility 
to the title. And in certain aspects, it does. But also what adds credibility to the title is just having good stories and keeping the title and defending the title. There's ways to go about it. I'm not saying the open challenge is bad. I am saying if you this is your solution for three of your titles, uh, you should probably come up with better ideas. But anyway, Jade's back. That's really the crux of the conversation that we started. Yeah, sorry. Sorry. I mean... We're going to pick it up afterwards. It is, it's a larger conversation, but uh, it's, it's good to see Jade back. And uh, instead, we, we have someone else making his return to the show. If he's ready, he can give me a big old thumbs up. Uh, he's always ready. He's born ready. Uh, folks. No, not, we don't have Matt Cardona on the show. No, you're right. This guy's better than ready. He's always present. Anyway, for IWS, he is the superstar. He is. The one and only, the newsmaker himself, superstar Shane Hawk, joins us now. Andrew. I'm already better than Matt Cardona. Matt who? How about that? Always present, always ready, always turned on and ready to go. Ready to say something ridiculous so that we can go viral again. Let's go. Well, let's let's talk about that. Your last time on here, you said a few things that got, uh, you, you, first of all, got people talking, but also got you a few more uh, conversations to elaborate on. What, uh, what? what I, I, let, let's recap. Yeah, a little recap what I said. Go ahead. Uh, what I said was that uh, American indie wrestling is the indies on easy mode with the asterisks uh, that it's more difficult for a Canadian wrestler. Boo, Canada, I see Jeremy. Good morning to you, too. Um, it said that uh, Canadian wrestlers have a hard and European wrestlers have a harder time to make it in the United States uh, than the Americans do because of things like border issues. For example, it's illegal for a Canadian to cross the border to wrestle without a visa. Same thing with the Americans. Everybody who was not American agreed with me. Even most Americans agreed with me. However, there were some people, Alec Kane of MLW fame, for one of them, uh, who was quite upset. And they they were like, oh, you, you should you should work my loops that I that I did and that I like they were upset that I said these things, and I, like at no point did I say the talent level is off. I didn't say that you're bad at wrestling or that the American indie wrestlers are as bad. The Canadian wrestlers are better. It's true, but I didn't say that. <laughs> um, what I said was there are there are uh, hurdles in place that the Canadian indie scene has to face. The Americans don't. Uh, stuff like currency imbalance, right? I mean, it costs us double to go down there than it costs them to come up here. Uh, we can't bring merch across the border, for example, because if they find your bag with merch, you know, you're, you're fucked. You're going to get a five-year ban just for one time, right? Uh, Americans can do that, no problem. Gas prices. You seen the price of gas? Gas ain't cheap these days, boys. I'll tell you. And, uh, you know, various other things like that, uh, citizenship, border issues, border delays. You know, as a Canadian, you can experience like two to three hours at the border as you're being grilled. You can be put into a cell and all these things. And Americans are just like, yep, I'm coming up and I smoke weed. And they're like, okay, no problem. Have a good one. Go wrestle, boys. Have you had those type of border issues before in your experience? Going oh, across? yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah I have. Uh, there was one, there was a clip that, that went viral recently uh, of the Kevin Steen show. Uh, with the Smash Brothers looking very young about how one time Lufisto was in the car and we got turned around for that reason. Um, and that absolutely happened. I've been denied entry many, many times. Um, friends of mine have literally been arrested and put into cells. Um, and then one of, somebody that I will not mention his name because I'm not going to blow up his border spot, that's for sure. But he got arrested, put into a cell, and was only able to be released uh, because no lawyers were present at the time. 
That's it. That's the only reason. Just for going to wrestle. So I really, I, I don't think that I was wrong in what I said. Um, I think that there, like, there's no debate about it, but apparently to spark this massive debate. So today I'm going to say something else controversial and we're going to clip the caveat away again so that only the controversial part stays. And then we're going to get those outrage clicks, boys. As I said in the in my title header here, going to say something controversial. I got something in the chamber, though. I do. I guess we have to lead and, and find out what, how we get there uh, to, to bait that headline out it of you. I appreciate easier, it. was easier to be an independent pro wrestler 20 years ago. And as somebody who has wrestled, I just celebrated my 20th anniversary in pro wrestling. Pro wrestlers 20 years ago could not hold a candle to how much work is necessary these days in the business. All right. Here's why. So that's where our headline is. I say that the wrestlers from 20 years ago did not have to put in nearly as much work as wrestlers of this generation. There's our headline. Jim Cornette's going to get very upset. Now, also, fuck you, Eric Bischoff. Let's do that, too. Uh, we're just going to go for it. Uh, YOLO. John Alva's going to come on and probably have a retort in about that. Come on, Matt Cordona. I already called you out. Say something, you coward. <laughs> Uh, actually, he's been very, he was really nice every time I met him, so I can't really talk shit about Matt Cordona. But here's what I mean by that, okay? Now, 20 years ago, indie wrestling, um, one, performance-enhancing business, yes? Uh, but there were a lot fewer spots in pro wrestling, and therefore, the people who were kind of like at the cream are always like kind of centered around it and didn't have as much time piercing the bubble because they didn't have as much competition as they did now. Here's what I mean by that. With the advent of social media and the global expansion of pro wrestling, there are so many people, so many talented pro wrestlers that want to be independent pro wrestlers to the point where being a good wrestler is not enough to get bookings anymore. It, it doesn't matter if you're just a good wrestler. If you're just a good wrestler, you just started to practice the custom. The, the level of talent has increased so significantly. Um, here's another thing. Now audiences are, are over, overexposed to wrestling. There's a million wrestlings out there. You can watch wrestling every day of the week, all day, every day, and still not get through the weekly content, right? Back then, you just had local TV to do. And even then, you didn't have to promote yourself. These days, wrestlers need to have a sales degree, a marketing degree. They need to know how to do shipping. They need to know all these social media platforms. They need to have, like, a degree in programming. we got to learn AI or else we're going to be obsolete in 10 years. All this stuff, you have access to all this knowledge and wealth information with the internet and all of that, right? Um, there's too much. It's like the, uh, there's just too much. You know, when you have like too many choices and you never pick one because you have so many of them. Well, that wasn't the case 20 years ago when I started 20 years ago, I could just jump into a car, ride down to a show, help set up. Nobody else would be there because there wasn't as many people in wrestling. Right. Um, and then you could like make a headlock a finish because audiences weren't used to seeing several destroyers. Now, whether or not that's a good or bad thing is debatable, and I'd be happy to have that conversation. But I can say it was easier as an in-ring performer to get spots in wrestling 20 years ago. Look at the jobbers they used to have on, like, Saturday night. or These are body guys. Are we seeing some of these people that used to, like, get regular job spots? Like, they're getting paid, on average, these ham and eggers, right? They have no gimmick. Zero gimmick. They don't have to promote themselves because the promoter does it for them, right? You can't do that now. You have to be a proven commodity to get paid now. 
right? So you've got to come up with it. These guys are just like coming out there in black trunks. They're five foot nothing. They're not in shape. And they're on national TV. Right? But now if we have Orange Cassidy, who has 30 matches, that's not enough. Crazy to me. Crazy to me. Yeah, I took a shot at you, Jeremy. What's up? So, <laughs> I took a shot at everybody. So, so I, I want to bring this up because part of this conversation isn't foreign to me because you and I, uh, Shane, Andrew, however we're going to talk to each other today, uh, it, just, it doesn't matter. Uh, yeah. We we talked about an interview, and Jeremy, you saw the same one with Honky Talk Man, and it was a really quick one where he talked about whether or not he would work the indies. And you and I were talking, uh, Andrew, about the idea that you know wrestlers today are not built the same as the ones from Honky Talk Man's era. He was saying that they were they were safer back then. Mm-hmm. To somewhat to my surprise, you agreed with me, and we kind of just kind of went down this track here. Do you do you think that the amount of diversity or diversifying of a portfolio for a wrestler today hinders their ability to potentially remain safer in the ring compared to the old guard, if you will? I don't think necessarily that. So I think that the crux of that was that people weren't getting trained properly anymore. And I think that to an extent with the proliferation of wrestling in the world, there are obviously a lot of grifter types who are just like opening up schools um, who are just like seeing this on TV and never actually got trained by somebody with a pedigree, right? Like anybody can open a wrestling school. You don't really need a license to do it or anything. You can just be like, I'm a wrestler now and that's it. Um, so I'll agree in that regard that there are a lot of, of unsafe people in the business right now, absolutely have not been trained properly. That being said, those who are trained properly are trained exceptionally well. And you know, we're talking about whether or not it's safer or not, but it seems to me like these days, we don't have too many wrestlers from my generation. Well, my generation, I'm 20 years old, technically in wrestling, but of like the current era of people, they're not dying at 40 years old of heart attacks, right? So there's kind of a give and take there. I mean, number one, I don't think, as somebody with like a laundry list of injuries and currently with a broken neck, um, this is not because anybody actually dropped me on my head. It's just a matter of wear and tear over 20 years. But how many guys from that era do you know who wrestled for 20 years? Only the ones who, like, really, really, really made it. Like, rest in peace, Terry Funk. He was there. But, like, for every Terry Funk we had for 20 years, I remember when I broke in, um, there, like, having been wrestling eight years, you were considered, like, a serious veteran, you know? There are so many people who wrestle so much longer now. And that has to do with, with obviously, with drugs and schedule and stuff like that and, and steroids and cocaine and drinking like these days you have to count your calories and your macros you know you can't just like eat whatever you want and then take steroids and you're fine like that's not a thing anymore right you need to uh, be in the gym all the time you can't just be like pumping iron brother and get big naturally and like you can't have like the steroid gut anymore you know you know steroid gut where guys are on juice but they got that big old gut um that's a thing right so I think to an extent, one, because the business has evolved the way that it has. It has become more and more complicated because all, all performances have diminishing returns on the performance, right? So, like, you can only do the figure four leg lock so many times before you need to do a cooler figure four leg lock. And that's true. Of, that's always been true of wrestling, right? Like, the guys in the 80s were saying that the guys in the 90s were overdoing it. Like, oh, my God, Stone Cold and The Rock kicked out of three finishers each. The business is dead. Guys. 
if the business died every time, every single time an old timer said the business was dead, we'd have a zombie army of wrestlers at this point. That'd be great like, though. Yeah, let's do that. Yeah. You know what? I'm down. I'm down. Shout out shout out Backyard Pro and Von Vertigo. Yeah, there you go. I mean, even Interspecies Wrestling 15 years ago had a, is he dead yet? The wrestling zombie, that's a thing. <laughs> shout out Interspecies Wrestling. Um, but I do think that like we're in this process right now of where wrestling went like too UFC-ish. Like with, with the rise of UFC, wrestling became like very strong style and guys were just beating the shit out of each other for no reason. Um, and now we're moving back towards like a gimmicky era uh, where we embrace the pro wrestling medium. Uh, and what I mean by that is there's no other version of, of art where like the creator and the audience are, are kind of making the story together. Um, pro wrestling doesn't need to be MMA because it's not MMA, right? And there are people who are like, oh, this is real serious wrestling. And these are always guys who just like watch NWA from the 80s and whatever. And they always have to tell you how many years they've watched wrestling. If you go online and you tell me I've been wrestling, watching wrestling for 30 years and I got to say, I don't like this. I'm like, you're a nerd. I don't care. <laughs> but you got to prove to me how long you've been watching wrestling for, you geek. Um, you've been watching 30 years and you have to brag about it. Stop watching. Nobody cares. Um, <laughs> but like, there's you have to do more but now we can do less like now we can embrace the more gimmicky stuff and obviously there's this like pullback and it's it's funny eh? that it's always the guys who are saying wrestling is unsafe now like oh wrestling is unsafe They're, these guys are doing too much they always want to go back to like the strong style era where guys literally beat the shit out of each other i wrestled um demolition in shikara a long time ago i was like 18 okay and I could work. I've been working since I was 13. I could throw a fake punch. That's no problem. But I got in there with Demolition Smash. Great guy, by the way. Got in there. He was like, you need to hit me as hard as you can. Just punch me in the chest. Punch me as hard as you can so it won't, it'll look good. I'm like, bro, I can, I can work. And he's like, I don't care. You need to hit me as hard as you can. And I was like, all right, you're a veteran. So fine, no problem. So like, I landed some punches in there, but only half-cock punches. I didn't want to punch the guy in the face. And he's like, I can throw a good punch, you know? But he still wanted me to hit me as hard as he can. So sometimes I think that like the old timers, that like the generation before mine, let's say, so like 30 years ago, um, they're still in this like kayfabe protecting the business mentality where we have to act like we're real tough guys and all this shit. Um, and they're being tough for the wrong reasons. These guys are being toxic masculine tough where they have to be like, nothing is wrong and I'm never in pain and I only hit people hard. Whereas I come from the line of thinking of like, if I'm in pain and I can admit that and take responsibility for it and keep going, that's way more masculine in my opinion. The, the ability to admit to your weakness and still push through it is way more masculine in my opinion than no selling any kind of injury whatsoever. I think that's foolish. I think being ashamed to look weak is weak. That's the weakness. The shame you're feeling, the embarrassment that you're feeling, because you don't think you're tough enough. Who cares what other people think? That's why we're tougher now these days. Old time wrestlers are cowards. <laughs> what's your sound bite? I'm going to one, defend myself on the Orange Cassidy because he's <laughs> one of my favorite wrestlers today. Uh, and, and he's fantastic. I, that was a commentary on the open challenge format, not on Orange Cassidy, who is great. I'm um, glad you clarified. <laughs> I do I do want to ask about you, you kind of mentioned doing a bunch of destroyers and there was the the spot in an Orange Cassidy match but yeah. uh 
go figure, where they do the multiple destroyers and people were very upset. Very upset. Yes. I, I'm of the mind of like, at this point, who cares? Like we've kind of seen it all, but, but as a wrestler, like, is it sometimes too much of like, yeah, let's go. Cause you do hear a lot of wrestlers say this is like, go out there, do what's the next crazy thing you're going to do. And a lot of people are just like, Hey, how about you just grab a hold kid and then get him to care in that manner. I, I jokingly tweeted John Cena just did a punch and look, John Cena's on a different level than everybody else when it comes yeah, to superstardom. But John Cena does a punch and the crowd just goes insane of like, look at what John Cena has done. Meanwhile, you got these guys doing out there doing 450 gainers and like, oh, okay, this is awesome. Jay, like, That's a good I, line from the office. Gainers, um, <laughs> I have no problem with it. Wrestling is everything. Wrestling is nothing at the same time. There's no definition of wrestling. Like, if you can get over with a punch, great. If you can get over with 17 million destroyers, great. As long as it's safe and it's making money, who gives a shit? Why do I got to police what other people like? Just like what you like and enjoy what other people like. Who cares? And clearly they can do it. And if they can do it, go for it. It's, it bro, it is fucking fake. It is storytelling. Come on. Are you joking me? Destroyers aren't even dangerous. Like, if you think a destroyer is dangerous, you've never taken a destroyer. It's all a guy taking the move. Yeah, right? it looks like it hurts the guy doing it more because you're right. landing it's on your hip and your broken. ass. Yeah, your ass gets bro- broken. You don't <laughs> yeah. actually land on your head, you fucking morons. Um, but like, I, the Orange Cassidy deal, I think is is a good, and I, I love Orange Cassidy, even though he completely broke my shoulder in 2018. Um, I always have to plug that because he gave me beach break off the top and forgot to tell me to hold his waist, and so. I landed. I remember looking at the mat like, oh, shit, oh, shit, oh, shit, turn. And my shoulder died. Um, but that being, that was like 15 years ago. Fuck. Anyway, um, I think that the, the Orange Cassidy experiment is really, really kind of like showing the shift in consciousness of the average professional wrestling, uh, not viewer, but like fan in general. It's a real like old school versus new school mentality. Um, I think that is... Uh, laissez-faire attitude and the, the blasé-ness speaks a lot to the current climate of the world right now. I think a lot of us are just kind of like, fuck it, the world's on fire, let's just whatever, who cares, you know? Um, I love that. I love that he eventually gets so fed up with not caring that he cares uh, and attacks people, that kind of stuff, you know? Um, I love I love the person, the guy, Orange Cassidy, great guy. Um and I think that like wrestling has always been a three ring circus and there's always been something for everybody. So yes, John Cena can hit a punch and get a pop. And then we can also have orange Cassidy and Penta doing dueling destroyers. And do we have, like, it shouldn't be a whole show of dueling destroyers. Right. But if that's one spot in one match in a two hour, three hour event, well, if you go to the circus and you don't like the animals, you go see the clowns. And if you don't like the clowns, you go see the whatever, you know, you don't have to like every single thing because not all wrestling is for you. Wrestling is for the most diverse market possible, right? Wrestlers play to an audience of like worldwide people now. It's not just local TV in Georgia where you just have to do Georgia shit, right? Like it's worldwide. WWE just did an India show. That was unheard of back in the day. But when we're in India, we're going to do India phase. Great. Like it's good that there's wrestling for everybody. And if you're the kind of wrestling fan who likes multiple destroyers, then good. You have wrestling for you. If you don't like that, you don't have to watch it. It's really that simple. There's this thing called a remote control. Well, let's uh, let's talk about people taking the remote controls and uh, t- 
tune in on your territory. Let's talk about IWS. Yeah, baby. Got a big show. Know your enemies. Saturday, September sixteenth. It's going to be at Baymet here. If you're going to be in uh, Montreal, you right. like- if not, you can watch live on Fight Plus. That's all right. We're on Fight Plus now, boys. Thank you for grabbing that. That that that, that plug as I was about to to put it in. You just took I have it. to. I know all my plugs off by heart from hosting the show for so long. <laughs> Make sure you check us out, IWS Hardcore, on every single platform. That's right. And we have tons of clips for free on YouTube. I'd like to thank our sponsor. Anyway, continue. <laughs> there, there are a few matches that uh, I definitely want to spotlight. The first one, there's a, there's a little triple threat coming up. Little triple Canadian threat, boys. Let's talk about this. So, Matt, so Alex May is going to take on Matt Viviani, who has suddenly, not surprisingly, become a favorite of mine. And, uh, of course, PCP Crazy effing Manny, yep. someone that is near and dear to Jeremy Lambert's heart. They did yep. an interview with uh, with Manny over on uh, the main Fightful channel on the Spotlight. How do we get to this match? And also, like, how bonkers is this going to be? Because these three men are very, very different people. Is it the most ridiculous thing ever or what? Like, this is just like, you. Can, this was a, a curveball match. And this is how that this came to be. So... Giviani throws out the open challenge, and I was like, oh, Alex Mays would be good for that. And then Manny was joking, like like he does. I was like, oh, maybe I'll answer Giviani's open challenge. And he was just joking about it. And then I got, and I was like, you know the meme where the girl's like, hmm. And I was like, wait a minute. That would be fun. <laughs> like, let's do this. And with, like, a week of notice, I was like, Manny, you're wrestling on the show. And he was like, ah. Can I just be retired already? I was like, no, you cannot. I have to pull you back in. Uh, it's going to be nutty. It's going to be bonkers. Because, like, Maddie is this, like, old-school territory-style heel, right? Like, he's he's a former backyard legend, that being said. I don't know if you guys know this, but Matt Viviani was from CHW, uh, which was a very famous backyard fed. And their clip got played on um, in Molly's Game, the movie that was in theaters. I agree. Honestly, he is a mainstream movie star. Uh, then we have Alex Mays, who just performed at Effie's Big Gay Brunch and tore the house down. Uh, festive firework, flippy dude, awesome. Then you have PCP Manny, who cut his ear off against Nick Gage. So uh, <laughs> what's going to happen? Only one way to find out. You have to come see. I know it's good. Like I've, I've been spoke, speaking to all the guys, and I'm like, I know that one, when we announced it, Alex Mays had not been informed yet. And was just like freaking out, not pleased. And I was like, bro. It's fine. Don't worry. Viviani was stoked, though. Viviani was real happy. He was like, oh, yeah, shit, we're going to do, like, light tubes. And I was like, nah, man, we're not, like, <laughs> it's not fans bring the weapons. There will be hardcore, obviously. There, it's, it's a Manny match. So there, I, I'm certain there will be copious amounts of blood. Not sure what body part he will lose this time, but it might be one of them. He has lots of body parts, but, hey. The last two fans in the weapons he did, one, he like sliced his hand open and couldn't use his hand for like weeks. And the other one, he, he cut his ear off. So um, if you'd like to buy PCP Manny ear replicas, they are available at the merch table. There they are. Yeah. We'll sign them for you. Yeah. Wait uh, a second. Is this, is this a real thing? There are ear replicas? No, <laughs> but I did I, want them. I, I did genuinely look into them. I wanted to get candy ears made so that you could eat Manny's ear. <laughs> but logistically, they were too expensive to make happen. Also, the Tyson camp would have come after you guys real quick for that uh, one. Uh, listen, if we brand it as PC Manny's ear, they can let the little guy make some money too, Mike Tyson. Okay, <laughs> they got another face tattoo. <laughs> Hold on, before Jeremy asks this, I gotta ask: Did 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 Viviani has he pitched to do an entrance on a Mario Kart go kart yet? Yes. 
He has. He's pitched so much. Like he, he. So he's real committed to this gimmick. He bought himself a podium, and he's visiting various Canadian landmarks to be able to. He's bet, like uh, cut promos for us, which is awesome. He's clearly thrown himself into this creatively, which I'm like real thrilled with, right? Um, but yeah, he's got a lot of ideas. A lot of ideas. One idea that I might. So like, I have really wacky out there ideas. And sometimes Manny has to reel me in and bring me back into the territory of realism. But one thing I wanted to do was have a character who lived inside a video game. And so during their matches, we film like a teenager on screen with a remote control. And they're like doing commentary over their match like they're in a video game. Like, come on, kick out, uh, press C, press C, whatever. Um, I thought that would be very funny. And then Manny correctly pointed out that we had an audience of two languages and like it probably would not land. But one day, one day, maybe at like a Friday night speedball, we could do something like that. Okay, so could you restart the match in that? Like you're about to get pinned and then it pauses and then you go to like restart the match? Oh, I was thinking we do the the classic pull out the controller. Like, you know, the controller Controller disconnected, yeah. That one, that one's good. I did a spot with that with Evil Uno in Shikara way back in the day where uh, we're wrestling, we're wrestling, and then I, I bring him to the outside of the ring, he tries to punch me, and I pause him. He used to have a pause thing on his tights. And then I brought him out and asked for a count out. Now, in Shikara back in the day, there was like a 20 count. So the ref had to count to 20, but we didn't wise up anybody backstage to what we were doing. So Quack sent, uh, I think it was Gulak or somebody out to unpause Uno so he could get back into the ring. But we wanted the count out finish. So we unpause them. We're like, oh, shit, what do we do? Uno freaks out, gets into the ring, and I give him a shoot takedown, pause him, and pin him again because that's all I came up with, one, two, three. But then he couldn't move. So he stays in the ring until the next match has made their entrance and unpauses him, and then he tries to roll up the referee thinking he's still in the match, uh, which is all improv because it was like our second plan, you know? So I guess, you know, Jim Cornette can hate that too. There you go. (laughs) No destroyers in the match, though, so there's that. That worked out. I like how crazy effing Manny, PCP Manny, has to reel you in yes. on ideas. <laughs> Absolutely. All the time. I am, like, I'm a comic book guy, right? Uh, shout out to Andy Belanger, who's currently working on our two next books. Um, one of them for a video game and another one that I've been working on. Here's a scoop for you guys. Uh, I In production right now is a graphic novel called Professional Wrestling Match Structure, an Illustrated Guide. And I have written my match structure seminar into a comic book. It's going to be about 32 pages. It'll be on Kickstarter in about six months or so. But make sure you check it out. We'll do another in the weeds then for for funsies. But um, I'm a comic book guy. Like, I was all about the wacky Shikara shit of, like, pausing evil Uno and all that stuff, right? Not everybody likes it. Like we said before, right? Like not everybody likes that wacky shit. They want to see blood and chairs and all this business. Um, and that's fine by me. That's another thing. Is like I know that the audience doesn't necessarily like what I like. And it's my job to serve the audience. It's my job as a pro wrestler to give them their money's worth. Um, these people are literally paying hours of their lives to come watch us play fight in our underwear. The least I can do is give them a good show, something they want to see and not what I think is cool. And I think that that philosophy kind of applies to IWS in general. Like, we don't do what we just think is cool. We try to listen to the audience as much as we can. 
Like if, if you'll see me at shows, I will like literally be talking to fans, asking them what they liked, what they didn't like. It's real grassroots where like, hey, do you like these people? And I do find that the audience uh, in the IWS really does let us know who they like and who they don't like. I'm a fan of saying there are no faces and heels in IWS. It's just how the crowd decides to react that day. Um, it's worked out pretty well for us so far. Worked out pretty well. And now we're on the Fight Plus, right? We got our next show, September 16th, May Mathieu. Uh, other matches, Benjamin Tull uh, against Carl Jepson, real talented up-and-comer. Two big boys. Meat is on the menu. Meat's been a thing in the media this week, and uh, these guys are big, and they chop hard. And some, some good stuff. We got a women's titles match between uh, the Cobra, Katrina Creed, new champion, and Danny Leo, her former best friend, who ruined her celebration. How dare she? Katrina Creed finally knocked off controversial champion Mel Havoc. Danny Havoc, Danny um, Leo came in to make the save and nailed her with the belt. Oh, rude. What else we got there? Uh, James Stone versus Ben Orton's two really talented Canadian veterans, uh, both with a solid 20 years experience behind their belt. Uh, and I don't think they've ever actually had singles. So I'm looking forward to that one. Going to be super fun. Uh, intergender action. The Mains event, Dr. Stephen Mains. I call him Dr. Mains now because he was on WWTV as a, a trainer twice now as an extra. Um, against Melanie Havoc, the aforementioned Melanie Havoc. So intergender wrestling right there. That should be very, very fun. Uh, IWS doesn't really promote it as intergender. It's more just equal rights, equal fights, characters are characters. You know, when Superman fights Wonder Woman, you're not like, oh, it's a, it's an intergender match. No, they're superheroes and they're fighting. That's, that's how it is. Uh, Dynasty. And the debuting Dante Dubois, who's the newest uh, graduate of the IWS Pro Dojo. He's someone to look out for. Really talented guy. Six foot two, hunk of muscle. Um, against the Dojo of Rock, Nathan Yarimovich and Sonny Soleil. And of course, the sexy beasts who are the Triple H, the Triple X Sex Express, Sexy Eddie, and Andy Belanger, uh, Bob the Animal Anger. I'm sure that eight man tag will be a lot of fun. Um, seven matches coming up. It's going to be great. Real fun. We're going to be selling our Lagavier and our, our special seltzer. We have a new seltzer out, guys. It's called Peace Be Manny's Tropical Plunge. Uh, on the can is where Nick Gage threw Manny off a balcony through 17 million tables. Uh, very nice. Tropical blend. Uh, goes down well. We have our beer as well, which is super fun. Uh, and lots of new merch. We have new basketball jerseys. Uh, we have new t-shirts. We have everything. Baymatsu is a dope venue. really is. Like Baymatsu, if you guys don't know, is a... Uh, former Olympic pool that has been emptied and we put the ring in the pool and the fans are like around the pool area. It looks real street fightery. It's real fun. Um, I think it's a, a really fun venue, which is cool. Yeah. I've seen some photos from that place. It looks, uh, yeah, it looks pretty damn cool. It's, 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 it's a nice little set. Like it looks real. I, I enjoy it. It's not quite on the Olympia level, which is where we have our big shows. That's that big massive theater that we did out of US GCW at. Um, I just like the classic theater vibe. But Baymatsu is, is hardcore dope. I'm a, I'm a big fan of it. Yeah, some people are going to be trying to do some uh, some walking dives off of that pool. You just know they it. They always do. They always do. Someone has to dive off of the pool. I wish they still had a diving board. That would oh, be amazing. That'd be painful. <laughs> before, before I get you out of here, because yeah. uh, Mark from C4 is going to be joining us in a few minutes. Uh, who now, cares? He can wait. No, no, he can't, because we've been <laughs> wanting to do that chat for a while, too. But you... Very famously, or maybe not so famously, people don't know. You were on the first C4 card, and I think you were even on maybe the first match. The first match ever C4 was Twiggy and myself in a singles. That's correct. Talk to um, me about C4 over the years, because you've, you, you've been a guy there. 
I've been a guy there. I've been recent, most recently. I was tag team champion with the, the Hawk Stepper, McCray Martin, as the Hawk Stepper. I love C4, man. Mark's a really nice guy. If I had one complaint about C4, it's that their shows go 17 hours long. And if you're in the main event, you have to like stay awake, which is difficult for me as an older man. Uh, but their shows are amazing. You know, like there's a reason that they're called the Canadian PWG. Uh, Mark is really good at identifying and spotlighting new talent, uh, especially of the American variety. Uh, Mark's also a fantastic storyteller. Uh, we collaborated on scripts already uh, for stuff like Mother Trucker 3. Uh, I bought his book as well, which is really fun. I like Mark quite a bit. Nice guy. Uh, I like Steven too. So Mark and Steven are the managers over there. Steven's a former army medic who looks like uh, Mario, Super Mario, and is just one of the sweetest men you will ever meet in your life. Um, I think they're both also in the camp of older wrestlers need to shut their mouths uh, and just put their egos aside and let the business evolve. Because at the end of the day, who's selling tickets these days, boys? Huh? Who's out there in the trenches? Support people. Support the next generation. Don't tear them down. Don't just say controversial shit for likes and tweets. Who would do that? Who would just say controversial things for the engagement? Not me. Never. Uh, Shane, I, I know we gotta wrap up. I, I see Mark backstage now. So if you want to bury him, uh, you can. If you would like to <laughs> pop him, okay. Uh, but I do. I, I do have to, to ask, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask, how are, how are you feeling after everything? Uh, I know it's been a long up and down yeah. year, but how are you doing? Um, number one, I love Mark. So if he's backstage, I'm not going to talk any shit about him at all. But also, fuck you, Mark. Um, <laughs> my neck is okay. It's not great. Uh, I saw one surgeon who told me that I could wrestle right away if I wanted to without even looking at my scans first. Uh, we then realized he did not know what pro wrestling was. He had no idea what wrestling was. Uh, I had to Google it and show him. Even then, it was like, yeah, just whatever, get on my face. Okay? So then I got a second opinion who was like, under no uncertain terms may you wrestle. You will die. So now we've got one who's like, you're fine. The other one who's like, you're going to die. So I'm getting a third opinion. I'm going to the McGill uh, Sports Therapy Center here. Uh, and I'm going to go get restand and get it rechecked and all that. Um, my body itself is not in crazy bad shape. Like I had the average pain of a 20 year, year veteran professional wrestler. Um, but I knew something was wrong with my neck, but I didn't know what it was, but I've been like wrestling for two or three years with these injuries. I won the C4 tag titles with these injuries. I won the IWS tag titles with these injuries. I won multiple titles with a broken freaking neck. Um, and I was fine. So I, I do, do, I do, have to admit that not being at a wrestling show every week is very good for my mental health and my physical health. Like I'm enjoying it. Um, but I still feel like I have something left to accomplish and something like my last match was a loss at a camping ground. Um, and just, it wasn't the way that I wanted to go out. So I don't think I'm making a full-time return anytime soon. That's for sure. But I was very careful to word it as a hiatus and not a retirement, uh, because I'd like to do something else. I don't know what it is. Whatever it is, it's going to piss off Jim Cornette. That's all that matters. Um, mentally, I'm doing, I'm, I'm okay as well. Like, you know, I'm a mental health guy. It is what it is. It's, uh, it was definitely like a culture shock and like a blow to the, the ego. But we're working through it. And uh, 
my students at the IWS Dojo are going on to do some really cool, amazing things, and I'm proud of them for that and happy about that. Uh, so ups and downs, we're surviving. Uh, the best way to cheer me up, of course, would be to purchase tickets to September 16th, Bay Matsu, Know Your Enemies, or watch it live on Fight Plus, or even watch the replay. That would be amazing. Um, because it's a, honestly, man, like we're building something really special. Um, a lot of people have told me, said to me to my face, like it's it's like night and day from older era IWS. People are happy to be there. Uh, I'm ho I hope I'm doing right by people. Maybe I'm not. I don't know. I'm trying my best. That's really all you, anybody can ask for you. Um, and my shows don't go until 1 a.m. like Mark Polisell's shows. Right, Mark? <laughs> Gonna have to work on that. That being said, C4 shows have cookies and fruit backstage, and we don't. So, hey, who am I to talk? Who am I to talk? But I'll let you guys get on with uh, Mark. I know he's a busy guy. And I, I thank you for having me in there. And I once more got to say... Fuck the older generation for thinking that they know better than us. Because as somebody who has bridged 20 years in wrestling, it is much more difficult to be an independent wrestler these days than it was 20 years ago. Shane Hawk, Andrew, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate thank you. you. And we're going to yeah. see you again real soon. I just know it. Hell yeah, brother. All right, guys. You have a good one. Thank you. Hey, Sen. Bye-bye. From one to the next, we're just going to go right into it, shall we? The co-manager of C4 Wrestling. You can catch C4 Walk the Edge. Walking the Edge. It's their season premiere. So it's going to be live on Friday, September the 15th. It will air later on IWTV. Uh, for now, ladies, gentlemen, friends beyond the binary, I'm very excited to welcome Mark Paulicell on hey the show. How are you doing? I'm all right, but that fucking Andrew. Um. <laughs> <laughs> See, he is complaining about C4 shows going long, and then he goes over his time to keep you exactly. waiting. So Payback, I guess. <laughs> I was say, it's just a receipt. That's just the way it goes. Yeah. I mean, look, the latest show ever went was a little after midnight because Cody Rhodes decided to talk for half an hour. Come on. Okay. <laughs> Generally, we aim to be done by 11 p.m. Usually ending the day they start. <laughs> it's a low bar, but at least you hit it. I have, gotta... I have many memories of traveling to Montreal for IWS shows in the mid-2000s and those things going past midnight and not getting home. Well, I live in Ottawa, so getting home for a couple hours afterwards. So it's payback. So right off the bat. You got to cut Cody off. Yeah, yeah exactly. He's uh, not he welcome anymore. There, that can... now, What's he ever done? <laughs> So, so just jumping right into this, this is this is special for me because you, Mark, you and I have talked about. It. I, I grew up in Ottawa. I, I grew up in the PN. I grew up in the West End. Wrestling, professional wrestling, uh, especially on the indie circuit, wasn't something that I really saw a lot of in Ottawa. No. And I left in 2005. You guys started up around 07. Perfect timing. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> I've missed what has become the rise of C4. I mean there's so much history to dig into, but really I just want your immediate thoughts. Now you're in a place where so many people are calling you positive names, you know, the, the PWG of the North and all this stuff. What, what does that do to a brand like C4 and how does that make you as a booker and a creator feel as a, as a wrestling creator? I mean, I only in the last couple of years has it really struck me that there's a generation of talent who know what C4 is because it's really weird to me, but like, yeah, I used to watch C4 all the time. And it's like, what? This is really weird to me. Um, 
my goal was always to create a place that that people would come and get better from coming to for workers. And so that's where the, I think that the, the PWG term, uh, nor, ter, PWG with the North term came from, which was I would bring guys from different areas all to one area. Uh, I did not, did not, I do not have the flight budget that a PWG has, but I would, from the very beginning, I would be like, I want the best from Ontario, the best from Quebec, the best from uh, the, locally, the best from Northeast US, and, and just get them all mixing because I wanted the people to experience working together, get better from that. And, um, yeah, so uh, it's 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 been a it's been it's it's crazy to stop and think the amount of time because that's where my twenties went and that's where, <laughs> where my thirties went. <laughs> but like, yeah, it's it's um it's something I'm very proud of, um, and uh, it's it's great to have talent who want to be here and want to want to check C four off their their list of indies that they want to hit, and it's been really cool. I'm really proud of it. You have the 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 big match uh, this Friday, and it airs on um, Tuesday. If I'm wrong, yeah, it airs uh, September 19th on on IW TV. Yeah. Um, but the big match just announced the grudge match: Evil Uno uh, against Alan Angels. Number one, number five. Angels was not happy that you put you put the number on him. I realize but- that. <laughs> uh, I wasn't happy when he had to cancel on a booking last October. So wow, <laughs> look at that shot. Look at that shot. <laughs> I'm joking. It's all good. He, it's awesome <laughs> that he's coming up, and it's awesome that it's worked out, and it was literally something that fell to fell in place last week. So it wasn't just some uh, some clever promoting on my behalf to leave it four days before the show to push that match, but <laughs> it's something that came together, and I'm really excited about it. Well, let us know how how did it? I mean, Uno's very involved, but how did the the whole thing come come together with Angels? You know, making this booking. Uh, it was. Angels and I had been, he was supposed to come up last October um, and I was going to do him and Stu Grayson. That fell apart because he went and got a chance to work for Impact, that son of a bitch. (laughs) (laughs) So, so, and since then, my scheduling has always, it's always seems to fall on Impact weekends. Uh, That's why this is Josh Alexander's first time up here in over a year. I mean, he also was hurt, but this is why Speedball can be here um jody thread will be here it's just it's very hit and miss my scheduling i book an 18 18 months in advance for dates um with my venue so once i'm locked in it's kind of like oh well thanks guys for letting me know about (laughs) these dates so yeah alan angels is someone who i've gone back and forth with uh have wanted to get him up here at some point um and then kind of last week he reached out and it was I don't, I don't know the exact circumstances, but he, he was going to be in Canada. So I said, let's do it. Um, and we're doing it. <laughs> and I think it's a match a lot of people want to see him and Uno. Um, both have a, a long history together, and I think it's going to be awesome to be able to present that. There's another match that's on the card that I think a lot of people are, are very interested in. If they're not already, that's actually the, the match that you just kind of uh, talked about with Josh Alexander. Uh, we had Shane Hawks. Former tag team partner McCray yep. Martin of Hot Stepper is going to take on the Walking Weapon. How did this one come about? Whose idea was it? And uh, how My excited is to have Josh back in C four? I mean, I'm glad to have Josh here. Uh, he's he's someone who I want to say his first match in C four is probably 2009, and he's someone who I, I believed in very early. And I remember when I first saw Josh, me and several other people were like, "This guy 
is where Kevin Steen was in like 2006. Like, like he's like five years behind a Kevin Steen. Um, and I'm, I'm glad he's proven, <laughs> proven myself and others. Right. Uh, and I'm so happy for all the success he's had. Um, but yeah, Josh, Josh, last time he was here, I believe was, it's been over. It's, I feel like it's been over a year. Uh, last time he was here was against me young Jay Lee and it was awesome. And so McCray and him actually have wrestled once before. Um, it was in 2019 on a very early incarnation of Uno's Mystery Wrestling um, when it was just like, uh, it wasn't, I might have been streamed on YouTube, I don't know, but it was at the, the, the original Keep School and they had a match and McCray has come a, a long way since then um, and he's someone who I'm very, uh, very happy to see how he's he's matured both 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 in ring and, and mentally and he's someone I have high hopes for and I, I really like like up and down this card there's something I, I see a theme for myself inadvertently was putting not even more established talent but talents who have broken out against local slash younger talent um and it's cool that some of those 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 more established talents are people who started with C4, or not started with C4, but were from with C4 at a younger point in their careers, and they themselves did the same thing with an older generation. Um, yeah, I think McCray and Josh is going to be an awesome combination. McCray has really proved himself in the last six months, I'd say especially. Um, I would give credit to to his his work with, with Andrew, <laughs> with Shane Hawk. I, I remember I, I told Andrew when I put them together, I want you to help help uh mccray mature and i want i want to see because i believe he's got a lot of potential i want to see come out of him and i think that really did happen you've and also Josh, got uh, oh you, you've also got uh francesco akira on, on the show yeah and, you know, he's been he's been doing a lot with uh new japan he hasn't done as much this year he's kind of been all over the place yeah. uh he's been in new japan since like the the summer but how did uh him, him being on the show come about that came together uh him and Vaughn Vertigo are buddies and Vertigo has been, been mentioning he's going to be around. He's going to be around. Uh, and then he's, I, he's on smash the next day in Toronto or somewhere in Southern Ontario. And we started talking and then again, it was someone who, who really wanted to check off C4 from their, from their list of uh, travels and it, it's worked out and it's, it's cool. People are really hyped to have them. I'm looking forward to having them and it's, it's cool to have someone on, on, I mean, more or less, he's kind of on a North American excursion right now, even though he's not f from Japan, but he's been doing a lot of stuff in North America the last couple of months, I want to say. And, uh, I'm sure in the next couple of years, he will be un unavailable for, <laughs> for booking. So, uh, I was, I was happy to jump on it and get him on the show. How much, um, of your time, because this C4 isn't your only life's work. You you have other uh, sure. projects that you work on. How much of, of your time is really benefited or not benefited, spent on C4, I should say? I mean, 16 years. But what I'm saying, what I'm saying is it used to, it used to be the, the center of a lot of my attention. It still is. It's something that I feel like I have it on the back burner of my mind all the time. Um, but because I put in the work starting 16 years ago i'm able to compartmentalize what i'm doing in life whether it be family whether it be my my, my day job whether it be the other creative endeavors i have um 
but I always, like, it's, I just, that's just how my brain works. It's like, I've got several things on the go. Um, and, and C4 is always, is always there. And I have my, my spreadsheets and my documents about like, what's the next month card is going to be, how, what's a few months from now going to look like. And it's, 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 it's not like I'm doing weekly TV. I'm doing one show a month. And fortunately, I, like, I feel like I put in my 10,000 hours and I've become pretty good at it. Um, not to have too much of an ego, but I, I feel like I've done pretty good. And, and as a result, I, I, I have certain instincts and intuitions that I feel I can, I can rely, rely upon. And, uh, it doesn't have to dominate that said, like if I had more drive, like 10, 12, 13 years ago, I remember trying to like, we're going to run Montreal. We're going to take this on the road. And at this point, I'm like, I'd rather just be a destination. I'd rather people want to come see the shows here. And that's another thing I took from PWG. It's like, they didn't try and they didn't try and ring of honor it. They were PWG. They became the place where people want to go. And, um, and also allowing me to just do a show a month makes it a destination for fans and talent, but also lets me have a life outside of, of C4. C4 is something I do for fun and have always said, if it's not fun, I'm not going to do it. Um, it's awesome that it's a passion that, that, that breaks even. It's a passion that, um, makes a lot of people happy, but it's not the only thing I have in my life. Uh, I want to ask about, um, fighting back, uh, yeah. the, the, the cancer show, which I, I feel is the, the biggest show that, that you guys do each year, how you've been doing this for, for years now. I know 2011 was the first one. Yeah, uh, is the the most recent one was uh, fighting back twelve. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm terrible with time. Um, <laughs> I know Evil Uno was heavily involved when, when it first started, but how did this you know really start? And then from uh, twelve years ago to to now, the just the growth of it, and how much money you guys ha- have raised for everything for uh, cancer uh, treatment research and things like that. Yeah, so in two thousand, it would have been late two thousand ten. A young a young talent named Frank Moran. Uh, who's best friends with Uno and Stu. Um, he wrestled the Stinky, the Homeless guy in ISW, Kid Supreme, and a few other gimmicks as well. Um, but he was like, he he broke in with Uno. He was best friends with Uno and Stu. I was pretty close to him as well. And uh, Frank got sick in late 2010. In January, he was given a year to live. Uh, so January 2011. And I remember the next day, I reached out to the Canadian Cancer Society saying, I don't know what I want to do, but I'd like to do something at that time to celebrate him with the idea he'd be still alive come the summer. So he could see a fundraiser in his honor. Um, and I, I ran that by Uno and Stu and some other close friends of his and they're like, let's do it. Let's do it. And so then fast forward to April, um, cancer was very aggressive and he passed away on April 1st, 2011. And at that point, like it was within the next couple of days, I remember talking to Uno and Stu and others and being like, I think we should still do this and just do it in his memory. And they were on board with it. Um, and we had various fundraisers to help raise funds to cover the cost of these shows. Uh, all, almost all town volunteers their time for this show. Um, and then we spend the money on bringing a name or two into and, and other overhead costs. But uh, yeah, since 2011, it's something that's, that's growing. Um, with the help of guys like New Legacy Inc. in on Twitch, that's how I found out about it. Yeah, by the like way. Johnny and, and those guys, just like they took it to another level, and I felt like like I can't. I like I they were they, like 
tens of thousands of dollars every year from Twitch streaming. I was like, holy shit, what, what's going on here? And then in the pandemic, I want to say they crossed 100K almost uh, one year in 2020 when I was like, we couldn't even do a show that year. Um, or at least it was up there. Uh, I remember when Cody was here, we did like 70 or 80,000, but that just became like this, 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 this ball rolling. Uh, the last couple of years, new legacy has not been as involved uh, just because they have other things. They're, like Johnny's got other things that keep him busy <laughs> De- deadlock for one, <laughs> um, but he's a huge supporter. Uh, this we're still finalizing the number, but this year we did another 30,000. Last year we did about forty thousand, and yeah, we've we've raised over five hundred thousand dollars from the Canadian Cancer Society since two thousand eleven. Uh, yeah, all donated in in Frank's memory, and it's been it's been cool. Like I know I know Frank's sisters. Like you don't have to keep doing this show, but I'm also like I don't know how not to do this show. Uh, it is the most stressed I feel every year <laughs> because it's like we I'll be like talking, and I'm like, can you? reach out to this person to see if they can come do the show. <laughs> can you, can we get, and, and unfortunately this year it was like Wembley was the next week. A lot of people did not want to take Indies ahead of that. So, but I'm still very happy. Like this past year we had Lance Archer, we had uh, the Rascals um, and I'm forgetting people right now, but we had a pretty loaded show and I was very, I was very happy with it. Uh, and all the talents involved were happy with it. Like Ninja Mac came up for it, uh, others, but yeah, it was, it was a loaded show it raised 30 grand uh, between the show and then Uno did a 12 hour or six hour Twitch stream. And uh, yeah, it was, it was a success and fighting back is like I said, it's, it's stressful every year, but it's, it's rewarding. And uh, it's the, the cancer side is very, very grateful for what we do every year. And uh, it's, it's nice to know that it's, it, it does make a difference in some people's lives. And also my whole goal with it, when I started fighting back, and doing that first show was to do the least carny fundraiser show possible because I didn't want to be like $1 from every tickets is donated or, or $5. It was like a hundred percent of the door is donated this year. We, we had to kind of change that just because their costs were very high and we did have to spend against, against, against some of the money raised, but it was still, we've raised over $30,000 for the cancer society society. And we're very proud of that. I was going to say as someone who's uh family in ottawa has been directly um deal, dealt with cancer and the hospital system that comes yeah. with that knowing that there's a show like that that exists and continues to to raise money for uh, for cancer societies is is just it, it's meaningful it really does go a long way it, so uh, i do i do offer my thanks for that um we've all we're unfortunately as we get older we all have been experiencing that touching our lives yeah, it's, Unfortunately. it's the worst commonality that we're all going to deal with in our life. Yeah, and I remember back when I started in 2011, and I was in my late 20s, and it's like it it was it was a rare it was a rare occurrence to have someone in my life, and then I was just been like, <laughs> you're feeling it. So it's it's yeah, fighting back is very important to all of us. As we talk about the growth of uh, not only fighting back but also C four, and you had mentioned that you know you're booking your venue eighteen months in advance, and that's the Preston Event Center. Yeah. That venue holds what about three four hundred seats, or is it bigger than that? We we get we've gotten like June when we had the double cage match, we got up to six hundred. Six hundred. It gets packed. So on average, like low end four hundred, we'll have a show, and then all the way up to about six hundred. Have you guys thought about talked about? scaling up and and 
uh, finding a new venue in the future? Or I mean, is... I'd I'd rather have a packed six hundred person venue than a half empty arena. Um, and as someone from Ottawa, you know that venues in the city don't really exist. Uh, there's a reason bands don't come to Ottawa that often. Uh, we're between Toronto and Montreal. We don't have a mid-size, like we don't have a thousand-seater space. Um, it's either like I'm very lucky with the Preston Event Center because we had an, we were in a Knights of Columbus for for a decade. They sold their building, and then I was trying to figure where to go. And uh, Preston Event Center is somewhere that I've been to for a wedding, and I was I reached out, and they surprisingly were willing to. Well, based on the history of a decade at another venue and bar sales at that venue, they were willing to to give me the chance. Um, but yeah, Ottawa is very lacking in, in mid-size event spaces. Uh, and those that do exist are obscenely expensive because they're used to doing corporate or weddings that can tens of thousands of dollars, which indie wrestling, unfortunately, does not have to spend. Um, but yeah, people have asked me that question. It's always been, I'd rather I'd rather have a sellout than... than and like a cavernous arena that, that even if you have 800 people, it still feels empty. If that I, makes sense. No, it does. Yeah. It's funny. Cause that that's again, going back to the PWG model, that's, that's similar to what they, they have been dealing with and what they've done. Sure, yeah. They, they are now running the globe because their old venue got sold and demolished. Mm-hmm. So the globe is their home, but they don't really see themselves moving elsewhere. It's, it's a destination. That's, that's what C4 has become. And I think it's wonderful. My last question to you, and then sure. and we'll wrap this up. Uh, this is a more you question. Where, where did your fandom start as a professional wrestling fan? And let's bring it to now names that you want to see brought in to your promotion to C4. Uh, I mean, the second part I'll go with first. Uh, every year I'm fighting back. I'm <laughs> like trying to pull in favors. Uh, it, it gets, but it's also it's just very like there's there's dozens of people who I'd love to try and who are like, I, and I'm talking like top level international talent. I love to have here. Um, on, on an indie level, I can't even start to name names because there's a reason why I have like 30 to 40 people per show is because I'm very bad at like <laughs> saying no and not having people. And it's like, okay, I can fit those people in a carload from like <laughs> New York or these people. Like it's, there's so much good talent out there. And then, yeah, whip through fighting back. It's like, there's, we can do these asks. It would be really cool to like, there were people. Yeah. I don't want to name names, but we got, we thought we could do a few things for fighting back this year that just didn't work out, but hopefully in the future they will. Um, my fandom, um, summer 92 is where, when I was nine years old, I in like grade three before that summer, I remember having some friends in my class who were very into wrestling and I was hearing it, but I wasn't a fan. And then I remember going into summer of 92 watching like power hour on TSN on Saturday mornings, WCW power hour. And, yeah. uh, and also, and then also Maple Leaf Wrestling, the repackaged superstars, and then Calvacade, WWF Calvacade, it was on, on CHRO, uh, <laughs> right after, which was a repackaged, I think, Challenge, or All-American Wrestling, and uh, then just, like, everything I could, everything I could watch, I'd watch, and, but Summer 92, specifically, because I remember Beach Blast 92, and hearing on WCW, them talking about the Falls Count Anywhere match between Cactus Jack and Sting and just having visions of them wrestling in sand and like on a beach. And then by the end of the summer, SummerSlam 92 and Brennan Bulldog and just a match that was like, this is incredible. And that's 
part of me is like, it's really, I wonder where my fandom would be had it started like three years older with seeing like Hogan on top. But fortunately, like I got to watch Brett and Bulldog and, and these guys do their thing. Um, but yeah, then it just became just digesting anything I could, getting into the after mag soon after and just seeing all that was out there um, and just be just a hardcore fan. And, and Joel, as you know, growing up in Ottawa, there wasn't a whole lot of wrestling here. Um, I went to a couple indies that did, did, did occur right here. Uh, I remember one matinee at the Super X on a Saturday afternoon seeing Jimmy Snuka and Metal Maniac headline a show in front of about 30 people in the Civic Center. So not many people knew about that one, but (laughs) I remember being there. Uh, But yeah, I was at just anything I could get my hands on. Um, And and so I kind of dropped out of wrestling then right around like the boom, like end of night, summer 99, I kind of just, lost interest because it was getting to be everywhere and i just had other interests take me away and that was like uh, i was helping out like local film production stuff and getting into that and then i I came back to watching wrestling in like spring of 2001 right around wrestlemania x7 and then being like what has happened where did what happened wcw like i remember going on prowrestling.com one afternoon like a week before X7, like the first, it was just like, cause I remembered that site. So I'll check it out. And then I went and it's like the first thing, like WCW sale, like what, what did I miss? So, so, uh, and then getting back into it. And then around 2005, uh, started helping with a local indie, which led me then to want to put on shows myself because it was a local indie that I knew that the promoter was just going to do what he wanted to do. And then I started, actually, I did two shows with IWS in Gatineau in 2005 and 2006 and i i look at that as as kind of like my my um my college <laughs> of putting on shows and learning uh from that and then i started c4 in 2007 and i think a big part of wanting to start c4 was p- creating something i didn't have as like an insane 13 year old wrestling fan or 14 or 15 16 year old wrestling fan that it wasn't here and and those promotions that did exist here the limited promotions that were here were all run by workers who were just doing it for themselves to, I mean, the, the, the reason a lot of indies start, unfortunately, as, as a place for a, a workers to main event their own shows. And, and like, I mean, uh, one of the reasons I think C4 has had success is because it's, it's not about me. I have no interest in, in being in the spotlight. I have no interest in main eventing and, and my, my, the people I work with are the same way. So um, that's a long answer, but like my fandom started when I was like nine years old, uh, did not have any family watching wrestling. It was like looked down upon. <laughs> it was, it's that fake stuff. And then, yeah, I just, I just found it myself. I like the first week of superstars. I remember going back. Sorry, was the was the the black ooze on Warrior's face, like from Papa Shango. Like that's like that's that's my first memory of watching of uh, superstars. So it was a couple weeks after the vo- the vomit. Unfortunately, I just missed out on that. <laughs> it's amazing. You and I, you and I were we're a few years apart, but like we we've had a very similar kind of upbringing when it comes to wrestling and just i i I really did enjoy this conversation mark thank you so much no problem anytime 
Walking the Edge is going to be live at the, uh, oh my God, I just forgot. Preston it. Event Preston Center. Event Center. Preston <laughs> Event Center, Friday, September the 15th. Uh, check it out if you're in Ottawa or adjacent. Please. If you want to go, go check them out. Uh, if not, IWTV, they'll be airing it. You said Tuesday, right? September Tuesday at 8 p.m. There we go, 8 p.m. Go check that out. Mark Allison, thank you so much. We appreciate your no time. Problem. Thank you. Thank you, Mark. Thank you. Bye, guys. Take care. Whew. Ottawa Wrestling is alive and well. The Our Canadian Block. I, I just had to go through here, Joel. No, I, I'm I'm kidding. Uh, Shane Shane is always great, and and Mark, uh, first time speaking to him, he's fantastic as well. I'm looking forward to this uh, C4 show that's going to be on IWTV a week from tomorrow is when it comes out on IWTV for for those interested in checking it out. And we got. Alan Angels against Evil Uno. We didn't run down the, the full card. We mentioned some names, but Josh Alexander's on the show. Speedball Mike Bailey's on the show. Titus Alexander, who I'm a, a big fan of. He just wrestled Daniel Garcia last night. He's on the show. Stu Grayson, Jody Threat. Um, yeah, it's a it's a stacked card for, for C4. And I mentioned Fighting Back. If you've uh, and, and we discussed it on the show, if you've never seen the, the Fighting Back shows, and Mark talked about it, they they get some big names for that one. And uh you know, all the all the money goes to cancer research, search, uh, Canadian uh, Cancer Center. So uh, they're doing good things at, at C4. It's a company I've always kept up with, just because I try to keep up with a, a little bit of everything. It was good to get more of the the origin and the the philosophy on the show. Uh, Mike from Indeed, who hosts the show with Reg, uh, Mike's going to be at the show on Friday, and they are going to have Mark on their show on Indeed next week so uh, go check them out i didn't want to i didn't want to take too much from their line of questioning and whatever they were doing but uh, i think you and i had a very good uh, very good chat we, we we walked the edge with uh, with mark yeah we had we had the preview show and then now they'll they'll have uh kind of the review show next week with, with mark exactly. so the, the show will be on iwtv by that point they can recap some things and, and talk about some things but you know we got <coughs> excuse me we got to sell some tickets as eddie kingston said on saturday night that's right and you can sell some tickets by sending us your money over a super chat <laughs> just send us a super chat okay <laughs> that's all you got to do hi chat we're back uh that was an hour of conversation block that we weren't ignoring you there was a lot of conversation in here uh but uh, also our guest had a lot to say especially andrew he uh he always has a lot to say Creating work for me that shane hawk that's what he does appreciate it don't <laughs> appreciate it at all <laughs> I want to go back to the Jade Cargo conversation real quick. Um, my my whole point, is, and we got off on a tangent about the open challenge format and things like that, but we don't need to do that. My my real point is, is Jade coming in uh, as this potential baby face that people were expecting? Or very clearly she took out, you know, Chris Statlander and wants that TBS settle, or at least has staked a claim to it. Um, what did you think of the return? It wasn't what you expected. I mean, you said there was talk about, you know, Thunder Rosa possibly being the person, but it ended up being Jade. I'll tell you now, like I, I was very happy to see Jade. And I kind of, um, I guessed that if the open challenge format was going to continue with TBS title, it was going to bring Jade back eventually. I tell you, I didn't expect it to be literally that night when I said it. <laughs> Uh, again, she's, she's picking up where she left off with this. And I hope there is a overall plan, not necessarily 
now because now it seems like okay you do the rematch the rematch sells itself right you get an actual match i i think that can go down at wrestle dream maybe they do it earlier they do it at uh grand slam i think that's a good match for wrestle dream though to to sell the pay-per-view grand slam's a, a tv show you've already got lined that up with some some big matches um there's already one woman's match on uh, grand slam so you know they are they gonna put two women's matches on there i i hate to say that but that's sort of how things go in AEW. is is they do their one and then we don't always see the second one so i'd imagine that they, they will save this for wrestle dream which i think that's a, a fine call it's a good match for wrestle dream what comes after that is always what i'm looking at because either jade's gonna have to take an actual loss and not a you caught me off guard loss or Jade wins the title back. And by the end of that reign, like it, it was, it was getting a little just stagnant because she was, she's beaten Ty Valkyrie three different times and everything. The undefeated streak is no longer there. You can't sell an undefeated streak anymore. So if she's going to just get the title back, you got to have something in store for her so i'm very interested in an actual jade cargill chris statlander match because i think statlander is amazing she's great and i I do look forward to seeing her mix it up with someone like jade who they have they have good size on each other jade's been typically she she is a the much bigger person so she works with a, a lot a smaller opponent statlander can power around with jade so i think that's an interesting style match but i'm and i'm curious as to okay what are they gonna do and then what's coming after that? So there's certainly a push to sell tickets for Grand Slam. We saw that with the announcement of the title versus title match on Collision for the ROH and New Japan Strong titles. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get into that in a second. But if um, if they're trying to push tickets, honestly, in the women's division, Jade Cargill has always been that person that, uh, that Tony goes to. And if you want two women's uh, division matches on the card, yeah, Jade versus Chris is probably the match. And do you do three? Do you do a third match? Do you do one at WrestleDream? Or does Jade move on if she wins the TBS title? Let's Okay, let's say she does win the TBS title. Does she go to WrestleDream and then defend it against someone who is, you know, from stardom? Or does she lose the match at Grand Slam? And I think Rev and Survivor in the chat just said, you know, Chris beats Jade again. Let's say it's a more competitive match. And this time it cements a face turn because Jade has the respect and there's a handshake, and everyone's happy and walks off, and Jade moves on to the next challenger. What, uh, what do you think of those two options? Well, real quickly, they have four matches announced for Grand Slam right now. Um, usually, I, I think someone can correct me if I'm wrong on this. They do five on this show, typically. I think in years past, they've they've typically done five on grand slam it's a two-hour show they have the rampage so maybe you do it on the rampage uh for them because they do like to load up the the rampage card so i could see i could see it going rampage um yeah so so they do five at grand slam they got four right now one match is gonna be added they're gonna add a match at some point i feel like they're gonna add a tag team match they got no tag team matches on this show right now on the dynamite version it's a singles match a singles match a singles match and a singles match. So you got four singles matches. I imagine on the actual and acclaim said they're going to be there. Uh, so I imagine you'll either get a trios or a tag team title match on the dynamite portion, the rampage portion. Yeah. You can do Jade against Statlander on the rampage portion. 
even though it's a title match and typically you would want to, if you're going to do a title change, you'd want that to air live. Um, but they, they could certainly do that as far as, okay. Uh, you know, Jade gets the respect earned on that. I could see it. I, the, the heel baby face thing is, it is always very, it's not black and white uh, as the, the famous line goes when it comes to AEW. Like Jade can be presented as a heel, but she still gets like babyface cheers and stuff. Oh, she can be presented as a babyface and then, you know, she will get the babyface cheers. But then what does she do to just further establish herself as a babyface? And I do wonder what a, a babyface Jade looks like because big part of her persona is just like i'm money i'm the only green i am is money like i'm just better than all of you i'm that bitch like that doesn't fully scream babyface persona but again she was getting cheers with that i don't know if jade has a a a cement heel babyface divide because fans are going to cheer her kind of even as she as as she as a heel and if she just kind of keeps the same persona but okay i respect you chris statlander she's still gonna get cheered so i I don't i don't know if there is a really let's cement jade as a baby face type of person unless she does she would have to go full bore of like i respect statlander i respect this person i respect that person and i don't know if that's jade cargill at the same time does something in the presentation need to change I wouldn't change Jade's presentation. That's that's a superstar right there. Like, what what are you gonna do? To- Sorry, I was gonna say that's the thing. I agree with you, but also then we go back to the she cannot dominate all the time. She does have to lose matches, and with that has to come some sort of change in demeanor. Diversity. Listen, I know that we use that stupid <laughs> word jokingly, but like. There does have to be something like that with with the with the story like Jade's is that she's losing is not something she's ever dealt with before minus this one to Chris and what did she do when she lost to Chris Statlander she went away for a few months now the story potentially begins where she explains I hope where she went what she did and what she's going to learn and what she learned while she was away to be better as she moves forward do I expect her to win her first few matches absolutely but do I want her to lose again yes. I don't want to see another Jade shows up and beats everyone because that's boring, quite frankly. So that's that's really what I'm talking about when it comes down to like whatever her character is next. It cannot be what it's always been presented as. So presentation has to um, it, it only has to tweak. It doesn't have to change entirely. The face turn comes when she kicks Mark Sterling in the head, and then that's that. Uh, Redman. Uh, I, just popped that as I was saying that. Oh, it says have Mark Sterling turn on her and link up with someone new, more evil than Jade. Yeah, that's I would I would actually have just Jade kick him instead of Mark Sterling turn on her. But either one sort of works. It, the end game is is the same of Mark Sterling finds someone new. Who that is, I I don't like if. I don't think Mercedes Monet is coming in for a a long run or anything. And Mercedes is going to be cheered as well, but you want to play money games here. You you have actual Mercedes Monet Monet. come in on there. Uh, Monet games. (laughs) Yeah. So that, that's one way. Otherwise, like, you know, I don't think you want to go back to the Nyla Rose. I love Nyla Rose, but we've seen that feud. Nyla was the, 
that that was a heel and heel feud essentially and this is what i mean where the divide nyla's out here stealing the title from jade but jade is still the bad person in this it didn't you know they would certainly be more established of okay we have a definite heel nyla rose and a more of a baby face um jade cargill louis says uh camille would physically make sense hey look camille so she just did an interview with the wrestling news co she mentioned she wanted to test herself see what else is out there uh did not say when her contract was up she did say it'd be October will be five years in the NWA. So if you want to, yes. Uh, so if you want to put kind of pieces together that, oh, maybe her contract ends in October because that marks her five-year anniversary, you don't have to make that assumption. I don't know if that's true. I'm just reporting or saying what she said. October is her. So I think a lot of people will maybe jump to that conclusion. But she did not say how much time is left on her contract. And she even did say that, you know, what's nice for her in the NWA? Is it a tag team? Does she just kind of do, do something else? Uh, she said she'd probably have the title picture for a little bit, but she's making it kind of clear that she's looking to see what else is out there for her. And she certainly uh, earned that. Um, and it sounds like, you know, I don't know anything on this. It sounds like it's sooner rather than later that she'll, see test the waters on things so camille would certainly make a lot of sense if she's available right now doesn't seem like she is but if she would be then yeah that's a that that's a that's a good pick for mark sterling to to bring in camille or just camille just to come in honestly there's a bit of a like uh, it's tough with jade because she is a, a bigger imposing woman compared to the rest of the, the women's division. So it's hard to make her like a, a, a likable baby face without being a big, bad bully, right? There are a few women who size up to her Camille. Like you just mentioned, she's one who could potentially size up and make her look like a, like there's a credible threat and that there's a baby face and heel mentality. If you do this Mark Sterling idea. And on top of that, you know, I was, I was thinking of Deanna Perrazzo and someone else mentioned it in the chat, you know, the report of Deanna possibly testing free agency at the beginning of uh, 2024, it's a while from now. It's still a few months away, yeah. but um, Deanna's another one where it's like, she is good and she is like, she's ready for wherever she goes. If she stays in impact, I'll be happy. Cause I still get to cover her career. If she goes elsewhere. I still get to watch her on TV, which is great. But um, her and Jade is interesting, but not for a story like this. This is a, that, that's the story of, you know, I'm going to break your arm, Jade. And it's not, you know, and Jade's going to be like, well, I'm just going to kick you in the face because you're five foot one. <laughs> you know, it's it's a really strange story to tell because you have to find that person who can out bully the bully because Jade's big. She's just bigger than every other woman on the roster. So I don't know where it's going. But uh, if if she's got a magic wrestle dream, that's that's one that I'm very interested in because uh, that's a women's division that. I... Bro, Athena can come in and be bully ass Athena to, to Jade. Honestly, that'd be funny. You could be one of the minions, but I, I, I don't think I want to see Jade versus Athena because I'm afraid of the outcome of that feud. I don't think I want to see Jade Cargill, uh, ring of honor women's champion. And I do, I, again, I really feel like whatever story they're telling with Billy Starks is leading to the match that will lead to the defeat of, uh, of, 
Athena and the end of her reign. And I think that's final battle. Uh, okay, that's fine. Billy Starks can win the title at final battle, then have Athena come in and bully oh, Jade up. Go for it. Let's go for that. That's fine. If that's if that's what happens in 2024, then I would love that for Jade Cargill. Uh, again, there's, the, there's a height differential there as well, a very large one, but there's also just a bulk differential. Like Athena is still a strong looking woman and they all are, but like you can tell that there's, you know, there, there is a certain muscle there that, uh, that Jade would have to contend with. So I don't know. It's very different. Uh, They, they had uh, the match. I feel like they had two matches. They had the one match that I think was all out last year that felt very short. um, And and it was short. And uh, I would like to see them in a more extended time because Jade's improved a lot over the last year. Athena's, really found herself more as a character especially with this kind of style um over the past year as well i would like to see them in a rematch with some extended time i think they could be really good yeah i'm still again i'm still going back to diana i'm still wondering where she kind of winds up and i see chats talking about it too it's uh it's interesting news to me you know we get flipped off by her husband when the news came out so there was that diana's not afraid until December. I there's a lot to play out before there then. is. And there and there's always the potential that uh, an extension is signed or a new deal is made. Uh Jordan Grace coming back into the fold may have again, they, they may have changed things on either side of the plane because that's impact locking down somebody that they see as a franchise player for the next few years as well. And uh clearly they gave her just about everything she wanted in her contract deal. So Jordan Grace is happy. Now are they gonna try and do that with Diana or is Diana you know, pretty adamant that she wants to try something new because she hasn't had that opportunity to try something new. She, this is the first time post pandemic that she has been uh, open to free agency. So I guess it's time for her to test the waters and see what she's doing because she's still young as well. There's a, there's a lot of uh, opportunity for Deanna Peraza. And uh, you know, the, the sale expected to go through tomorrow. Now will the hiring freeze, come to an end what what other potential moves will be made um yeah you know, do we have to change the name of this show joel vince no. no longer has like controlling power or anything like i mean you can call it like uh, you you can't call it in the back that doesn't sound good well, because he's well, or on my back, because Vince is currently basically doing all of his work while in bed on his back. He could lay on his stomach. You don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I have that image of Mister Burns <laughs> with the phone. You know the girl, the like the girl with her with her leg up and just doing that while she's on the phone. Yeah. <laughs> That's how it looks. I assume. I want to see Vince just doing that. Yeah. Oh God. Paul, tell him about my day. <laughs> it's big news, the sale going through. It is. It tomorrow. is big news. Listen, it, it, this is, uh, people are starting to point out, you know, this is the first, or sorry, this is the last Monday Night Raw with uh, with Vince hypothetically in charge, or, or at least owning WWE as a company. That's, uh, that's a big deal. That is a big deal. And it's going to be very... Very interesting to see what changes come about over the next uh, over the next few years. I don't think anything's going to be. Ex- I don't think anything product wise is going to be immediately felt by the viewer. I, you're going to hear about uh, releases, and that's unfortunate. Um, or, you're not going to necessarily hear about talent releases because 
I don't think that's a game that's being played uh, in that role, but we'll see. A lot of I hope not. I, I hope one office releases aren't happening, but look, let's be honest about the world of business. Uh, this is even, you know, even Nikon has said as much, Wh- whatever they, whatever corporate term they use, I forget to of releases. Um, it's going to happen because they, they don't want to have two people doing the same job. They, you have one person do the job. Uh, so it's going to happen. Talent releases. I hope all the talent is, is good and safe. And I think, you know, it might be more talent incoming than releases because of the, the hiring freeze. And now it's like, okay, the sales gone through. Here's everything. Here's what the shakeup is. Here's what the fallout is. Now we can figure out how we can maybe get more people in there. This, this is a company that ain't hurting for money. Certainly. Like they ain't hurting for any money, so they can they can possibly bring uh, bring some people in, bring some people back, whatever whatever it might be. Yeah, and there are people who have been signed and are waiting. So there's always there's always the condition that we see some of those people start to pop up, and that's not a bad thing. So who knows? We'll we'll see we'll see in some certain circumstances who was right and who was not right when it came to reporting. Uh, people who were signed or people waiting to start and things like that. You give me a look. Yeah, oh, I don't. Well, you know, it's like th- there are certain names that people are just like, oh, uh, you know, there was the Nia Jax has been talked to. Well, does that mean Nia Jax is signed? This Carlito was talked about for that July MSG show. Well, he dropped out of a, of a, a signing in independent. Does that mean he signed? We don't know, but he's, something's waiting. We haven't seen him pop up since. Uh, there's just going to be a lot of like wait and see going on. Uh, I'm not trying to call anyone's uh, reporting into contention, but I'm more just like, it's going to be interesting to see where these people fall once the, the deal goes through and uh, they're quote unquote allowed to, those who have been signed show up. You on should TV. put them all on blast. All right. Great. Good. good just going to put Mike, uh, Dave, Sean, uh, Cat, did one, do, does Cassidy, did he do one? I don't think he did one. No, those are the main three. Okay, we'll just put them all on put them all on blast. It's contract yeah. season, so Sean's happy. But it's also football season. Sid. Sid Sid is coming back, baby. No, baseball season's almost over, so we gotta wait until the end of the playoffs. Sid. Anyway, let's talk but uh let's talk SmackDown real quick. I just want to talk about the uh the Jimmy Uso stuff. Comes out, he's like, I'm back in the bloodline and never left. He's, try- he's basically trying to like pull out his pen and have a flash in the eyes of uh of Paul Heyman and just do a full on mind melt. This was uh, what, what did I say on Friday? It feels like it's going to be a holding pattern until Roman comes back. And that's what this felt like. Jimmy's got to prove himself. Jimmy's like, Oh, I'm in now. Uh, but you cost your brother for this reason. Roman's still an asshole. Like there, it feels like they're spinning their wheels a little bit with this stuff and then again roman's gonna come back roman's gonna say a lot of stuff and he's gonna do the great roman thing where he his delivery is so great the crowd is into everything he's doing and he makes it make sense roman has done that for three years now every time we've doubted of like this feels a little off oh they they peaked here oh they should have done this roman comes in after his long hiatus and he gives one promo and everyone's like cinema greatest thing ever cinema Roman ties it all together. And that's, what's going to happen here. They're going to 
keep spinning their wheels a little bit for the next few weeks. I assume seven weeks as John Cena takes over the show. Jimmy somehow got to prove himself, even though he cost Jay the title to Roman. But, you know, Jimmy was also was like, I'm out. I'm done. Jimmy was the one who fired the first shot at Roman uh, at Night of Champions. He kicked him in the face and then kicked him in the face again. And so, okay. It's like, yeah, dude, we didn't forget all this. You do have to prove yourself. And that's what they're going to do for seven weeks. And again, Roman's going to come back or however long. Roman's going to come back. He's going to do a great promo. And we're all going to go crazy. So can we just like skip to that part? Give me the mind eraser that skips forward time. It's going to say fine speech. <laughs> Probably not. I No, I said it before. I say it again. It's, this is a Jimmy is trying to infiltrate the bloodline, get their trust, and then turn on them and then get the world title shot and be like, I tried to change things, but the change isn't coming. So I'm going to be the change. And he's going to lose to Roman. Look, if, if that's where they're going of he's, he's infiltrating and like, this is why I'm in, you know, once he explains it all, it's like, this is why I said I was in. But like, you know how the bloodline works. What are we infiltrating here? You were there for three years. Like this ain't, ain't the characters didn't change either. It's not like they added a new piece. Like, I got to see what this guy is all about. They've added less pieces even because Jay's gone, Roman's taking a break. It's just Heyman and Solo right now. You know how they operate. What are we infiltrating to get data on them for? Oh man, I didn't realize how things really worked until I left and then came back and then left and then came back again. Now it really clicks with me of how this works. Well, there's a gaslight leak. So they got to fix the gaslighting leak. And that's what Jimmy's here to do. I don't know. Jimmy out here looking up the Corsi and the Fenwick and the, the, all these percentages, hockey references, everybody. Uh, He's looking up all, all of this uh, data out there. All the, um, what's the, what's the word I'm I'm looking for? The analytics and, and stuff out here to figure out how the bloodline works. And, oh, I got to really get inside, really get inside there to see it. You've been part of this family your entire life. You know how it works, Jimmy. And then the worst part of it all is when he does face Roman, he's going to freaking lose. You know how he's going to lose? Because Solo's going to come out and cost him. And Jimmy's going to be like, gee golly, guys, didn't see that one coming. All I did was infiltrate and be part of this family for years. I didn't see that Solo was there or that Roman had a third family member elsewhere that he pulled out of the pulled out of the stand and cost me this match. I didn't know that was going to happen. It's like Cody's dumbass who was like, you got me, guys. I didn't do my homework. Cody, Cody's, Cody's one of the biggest students out here who watches tape religiously. And he's like, didn't expect that one. You got me. Didn't do my homework on that. What are we doing, Cody? What are we doing, Jimmy? You didn't see this shit coming? Pharaoh ate Cody's homework, so that's the only excuse for that one. I would buy that, actually. Pharaoh you know? <laughs> ruined the VHS tape, and Cody couldn't watch Bloodline matches for three years to know that this shit was going to happen. Chewed it up. Should have had the drug bear. Anyway, uh, let's. Uh, <laughs> I want. I want to do a rock review, but also I want to just ask. This is a question in jest. 
who who had the weirder nights, Jimmy Uso or his wife Trinity at Victory Road? <laughs> um, I'll go with Jimmy Uso. Um, yeah, we'll we'll go with Flesh Trinity working the the match that, that she had to work and and going through. Did she go to the table? I'm misremembering things. She went to the table on Impact. Okay, so she goes to the table on Impact, and then at Victory Road. Edward Edwards is putting her is is about to put her on a table to go through, but then she yeah. gets stopped by Kazarian and Tracy Brooks. They put Edwards on the table, and then she does a top rope to the floor, but the table doesn't break, which was like the theme of Victory Road. The table doesn't work for us. Well, brother. the table is the table. The table was the table. So yeah. it's, it's, I felt bad for Trinity. So she does the the splash. Table doesn't break. It goes down like the the leg breaks, but then you just hear her look and you see her look at the camera and just yell. She she was not a happy camper, but at least she retained her title. That of all the matches, that was the most like sports entertainmenty match on the Victory Road card. It was fine, but yeah, you could tell that the Knockouts title was not like the match they cared most about going into Victory Road. It is what it is. I thought you were going to add something. Nope. <laughs> All right, let's talk Raw real quick. Rhea Ripley defends the Women's World Championship against Raquel Rodriguez. Dominic Mysterio is barred from ringside. So Dominic interferes. Yeah. And <laughs> has some real wins. It, I don't think they're taking the title off of her any anytime soon. Dominic's barred, but like... I'm guessing... And Priest. I'm just JD's going to come and do it. Yeah. They're going to they're gonna be like, no, all of the... It'll be Adam Pierce is going to be like... No, it's not just Dominic. It's all of the Judgment Day. I mean, and- he should. Otherwise, Adam Pierce is bad at his job, and Raquel is bad at. She doesn't do homework either. Like I got Dominic barred. There's two other members and another guy trying to earn their trust. Dummy, like get them barred too. What are we doing? Maybe Dominic ate Rhea's homework. Why would no? That that is nothing. He ate Raquel's very, homework. He's, he's very underfed, and all he likes are chicken tenders. So I I, I get it. But he ate Raquel's homework. Rhea doesn't have any homework to do. She's the advantageous one here. Well, she has some homework to do, right? I think Dominic is eating something else, uh, according to a lot of their social media posts. Yeah, chicken tenders. I saw the interview. Yeah, I saw the interview on the bump. That's what they said. Anywhere they go, that's all he wants to eat is chicken tenders. Cody Rhodes is back on Raw, so I'm sure we're going to find out which Grayson Waller effect episode he'll be on on SmackDown in a few weeks. John Cena is on the Grayson Waller effect this week. That's exciting. Will you be able to see him? Uh, Allegedly. Allegedly he'll be there. If they pull the same stupid prank that they did on Raw, bless them. That will be just something else but well, Satan uh, is actually advertised for yes, this show he is he's yeah. gonna be there maybe they started off that way and then cena comes out i don't know but yeah cena is actually advertised for this show do you still think that cody you still think miz is the guy going over to smackdown from Rome? yeah miz is wrestling this week on smackdown he's wrestling la night yeah like, i mean maybe look maybe miz isn't the guy in the draft conversation because you know let's be or the trade competition to be honest about this shit they appear on whatever show they want to anyway perfect example is miz is like oh well miz isn't the guy that we traded jay uso for okay then why is miz just allowed on the show every week no i still think it's miz and this is the way to explain why he's on the show every week cody i am interested in what cody is going to talk about tonight because what is his next program 
going into uh, Survivor Series, and then they got they got a couple pay per views. Uh, they had a uh, fast lane coming up in about a month. Cody didn't wrestle on the last one. He's part of the Grayson Waller effect. Like what what's his program going into this? Is it Judgment Day stuff? Everybody's feuding with Judgment Day. So does he just do stuff with uh with Judgment Day? I'm interested to see what Cody has to talk about. Maybe Brock comes back and beats his ass. Would you do Cody and John Cena at Vaseline as the match on top? Like against each other? Yeah. As a respect match. Because, there, because you know, we've talked about it and there has been reporting that it was discussed and Cody did the whole fine speech tease on Grace Waller Effect at uh, Payback. There's, there's room for it to happen. Like tea leaves read that it should probably happen. But is it a pay-per-view main event over a title match per se? Let's say that they do Nakamura and uh, Seth again. Oh, you're doing Cody and Cena and the main. I think that was a mistake. What was the main when uh, Brock and, and Roman or not, uh, not Brock and Roman, uh, Roman and Cena faced? What was the main for that? What, when was this Roman and Cena? Which time? Like, uh, no, mercy. Oh, no mercy. That was no mercy. What? 2018, uh, 2017 and Brock and Braun and a nine minute match. Oh, yeah. That got me event. I understand. Like it's Brock. You're going to put, going to put him in the main event. Now Roman and Cena felt like, and it was the longest, uh, biggest match on that show. And I, I think that, if you got Ro or not Roman, uh, if you got Cena and Cody, that's the main. You ain't putting a Seth and Nakamura rematch on over them. And Roman ain't wrestling at this show. That's the only person you're putting on over Cena and Cody is a Roman match. And even then, it's probably Roman against like Jimmy. Even then. I wouldn't do it, but Roman most likely not going to be on the show anyway. And finally, Imperium is going to have an intercontinental championship celebration for the ring canal. Gunter. All right. So who's interrupting? Who is going to, maybe that's Cody Rhodes. <laughs> nah, I mean, maybe Look, I'm all for Cody and Gunther, but like Gunther's got a probably Cody doesn't need that title. Like also like going into the fall, like what is the big, what's the draw? Who, who is going to be, Going up against Gunter for the, the the fall season, going up against football. Is there any? Is it important or is it not important? Is the big question. Is what important? The whoever Gunter's next opponent is. Is it going to be someone of importance, a big moment, or is it just someone that he's going to have a good set of matches, like the Chad Gable story? We all knew where it was going, but it turned out to be a bunch of really good matches with some character work for Gable that made him look good too. I think they're not going to do this, but. I I would go Champa and a returning Gargano whenever the hell they decide to bring him back. And it was on the house shows this past weekend, um, but he was on house shows like a couple months ago and then still wasn't used. I think there's a lot of life in in Gunther against Champa, Gunther against Gargano, and I, I these aren't like top tier programs because I don't one Champa and Gunther or Champa and Gargano ain't been on TV for so long but you're getting really good matches out of those if you're looking for like okay what's your big survivor series hook then maybe jay 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 goes after the the intercontinental title um but i think they're doing just other stuff stories with jay of like prove yourself how can i trust you you got to do 
nice things. Look, I don't think it was fully explored with Sammy and Kevin and, and Gunther. Like they did a little bit. They could have gotten more out of that. And I think that could be a big program. Because I'm interested in what happens with Sammy and Kevin now. You're on board with Kevin going over to, to SmackDown. Um, I, I think, are they going to stay a team? Do they team but also do separate stuff? I think them in an Intercontinental title program, that feels big for the fall season. And then you get big matches out of that as well. I think Shanky should come back down and they should do that match they did at Superstar Spectacle where Gunther and Shanky just chop the shit out of each other for a solid five minutes. Well, they're That's not going to do that, Joel. You don't know that. But uh, I don't know. I'm looking at, looking at the, the roster. I wouldn't mind seeing... Um, Oh man, I just had oh Bronson Reed was one, but then you got to turn Bronson Reed, or at least just have the the battle of two big dudes who want to beat the shit out of each other. I'd be I'd be fine with that. Uh, and then on top of that, after this weekend, Drew McIntyre would be nice. Uh, Kevin Owens one last time, and we've seen Drew. We've seen Drew. We've seen Drew, but I, you know, I'm just putting it out there. Riddick literally Moss. just saw Drew. I'm just gonna I'm gonna say Riddick Moss, and I know a lot of people are gonna be like, oh, he's doing the Moss thing. But honestly, like looking at the raw roster and talking about the Chad Gable, you know, coming up and being finding himself through this. I wouldn't mind seeing Riddick Moss show up and just be like, I need that chance. I, he doesn't need to go three matches or anything like that. I just want to see something built up. I don't want to, I don't want to see him and Emma and Emma being like, you're the best. You're going to do it. Oh my God, go do it. I want to what see is that accent. It's like an, it was like English Australian, but it was just, it didn't work out. But anyway, Riddick Moss, that. it's not that offensive. What are, yeah. the Auss- what are the Aussies going to do? Wake up early and tell me that they're upset? I'm going to clip this, send it to Shaza McKenzie, and be like, this is what Joel Pearl thinks of your people. She lives here now. She's one of your people. We love Shaza. We've accepted Shaza. See? Perfect. Everyone's happy, including Shaza. She should fight you, though. Eh, she's got someone else to fight. Yeah. Let's go fight the other guy. I got will beat up Steve Macklin sometime. No, okay. When you're talking about, uh, I don't need Riddick Moss on this. I don't even have a problem with him as a performer or anything. But eh. here's what I hope happens. Nothing to do with Gunther, but somewhat to do with Gunther. You got you to gotta give me more Chad Gable on these shows. I don't want Gable to go by the wayside here. And I don't know what that means, honestly, because he's still kind of teaming with Otis I don't think they're really going after the the tag team titles because Judgment Day's got those and Judgment Day's in about 15 different feuds right now. But I need something substantial with Gable moving forward because he proved himself and he's always been a good hand, but he's always been a great television performer in ring and on promos. And I don't need him going by the wayside on this. So I hope they get a program for him. You know, I felt bad for many months Many months ago, Natalia. Natalia has this great match against Rhea Ripley. They got the standing ovation from the locker room. Everyone was like, this was great, fantastic, well-received. Natalia does this interview after the match. It was some podcast interview. I forgot what podcast she was on. She's like, oh, I just had this great match. She's like, I'm really excited. It, it, you know, I feel like I'm doing some of the best work of my career. I really want to go out there and prove that it's, I could still go and do all these great things. I'm really looking forward to what's next for me. I think, uh, you know, I showed myself that or i showed everybody that i could be this great performer and weekly performer can't wait to see what's next for me you know what's next for her off television for months 
And then she gets called upon for superstar spectacle. One to face Rhea Ripley, but two, she got to replace Becky. She pulling double duty in India because she's reliable and good. And like, oh, Natalia, we'll just put you in there. I don't need this happening to my man Chad Gable either. It just ah, oh, you, you you did good, kid. Now we got nothing nothing for you. You gotta capitalize on this stuff. The fans were invested in Gable. Everybody's invested in the thank you. Everybody loves that shit. Good call and response stuff. Don't just uh got nothing for him. Take him off TV for a little bit. It's stupid to build these performers and build these characters and then have them get over and then, well, your story ended. The story never finishes. Keep going and give them something substantial. Just not a farting gimmick. We don't need that for Gable. Okay, just making sure. Let's get out of here. We've done our time. We had a good episode today. Are we in jail? We yeah. did our time? Yeah, we did our dime. What, 90, we're just doing a show with you sometimes. Yeah. Plug your plug your stuff. Let's get out of here. Folks, I cannot stress this enough. I can't stress this enough. Joel Pearl has a big show for Friday. Not the big show. No more BS. I was about to say, I called up Paul. No, no more. That would that'd be a good get. No more BS, everybody. Joel Pearl has booked a tremendous show on Friday. Quite possibly our biggest show ever. We have a lot of big shows. Every every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday from 10 a.m. Eastern to noon Eastern is a ginormous show here on In the Weeds. No matter where we go, if we're hitting Pensacola, if we're hitting Melbourne, if we're hitting North Idaho, South Idaho, West Idaho, all the Idahos. Doesn't matter where the In the Weeds universe is, it's always a big show. But one of the biggest shows we're ever doing this Friday, my birthday show. Joel Pearl has promised he's going to deliver. I've heard everything Joel Pearl has planned. I've heard all of the pitches he has made. I have faith that he's going to come through for my birthday. So everyone tune in. On Friday, you can come back on Wednesday as well. We'll be here on Wednesday. But on Friday, tune in to see what Joel Pearl delivers. Don't follow me on Twitter. Follow at Fight Talk underscore. Anything else? Watch Tag Talk today. Thank you. There you go. That's the one I was waiting for. And we have content here every single day, so drop a thumbs up on your way out. And subscribe to us here at Fightful Overbook. We will be back on Wednesday. September 13th. We'll be at 10 a.m. Uh, we're hoping to have a guest and we will confirm it when it happens. So until then, I am at Joel Pearl, J-O-E-L-P-E-A-R-L. We'll see you next time when we're in the weeds. We'll take care of that.